consideration sheets. We are live. Awesome. No song, no theme song, nothing. Just live right into it. Yeah, Andres? All right, boom. So we're live. Welcome to Sauscast, episode 63. This is where finance meets romance, only on Valuetainment, the number one channel on the planet for entrepreneurs. My name is Adam Sosnick. You can call me Saz, and I'm here to do one thing. Help you entrepreneurs out there improve your status, improve your financial status, your relationship status. We want to see you win in life. And what do we always say, Nat? We want to see you get paid, paid laid, laid, and, and do, do it, it your way. way. <laughs> Boom. And on today's show, it's all about Gen Z. So if you've got friends that are young, you know, 18, 21, 25 and under, this episode is all about you. Us old guys, this, I'm the oldest millennial in the world <laughs> right now, okay? 1980. Old, old as it gets. Guys, go ahead and find something else. This is all about Gen Z, today's episode, okay? You're going to learn something, but uh, we brought in some, what I would call, very astute, profound, smart, young Gen Z influencers yes. to drop some knowledge to our friends at home out there today. So with that being said, we all know Natalia. Yes. Natalia's usually here. Hello. Upgrade. We got Malik on the ones and twos today. Hey, hey. So hey, hey. Natalia's going to be... Managing the chats, super answering chats. your super chat. Give us some good super chats. We've got some great, great Gen Zers in here, so I think we should get some good questions for them too. And just a shout out, we love you guys. We've already hit ninety-one thousand subscribers, yeah, so make go. sure you guys subscribe. We're almost gonna hit the hundred K, and word on the street, there should be a big celebration for that. So, oh, really? okay. With that being said, <laughs> we'll let's get into it. Do, right? Yes. Um, anyway, our guest on the panel today. Ladies first, age before beauty. I don't know what how do you know, what is it? Beauty before age, whatever it is. Mia Dio, is Hello. that how you say it? Yes. Twenty one year old, Instagram influencer, YouTuber, over five million on TikTok. And you might not know her as the person she is today. You might know her as the Russian, your favorite sugar baby, lifestyle coach, makeup girl, supermodel travel influence. I didn't do it any justice. But could you say it real of, fast? Of course. Hello again. It's me, your favorite sugar baby lifestyle coach, makeup guru, supermodel, now also travel influencer, food connoisseur, and wild animal whisperer. <laughs> and STEM advocate, I want to say. Uh, oh, yes, I forgot. And professional STEM instructor, which okay. STEM to me means sugar baby training, education of money. Sugar baby <laughs> training, education, money. money. Amazing. So we're going to find out what uh, makes Mia tick, the real Mia. We're also going to find out what makes. The sugar baby, the Russian supermodel, all that tick. Absolutely. Um, so we'll get into that. And then on the left, at the end of the panel, you've probably seen his face a million times. He's gone viral multiple times. His name is Jordan Welsh. What's up? 24-year-old entrepreneur, YouTuber, e-commerce innovator, mentor to a lot of young men out there. And just a, just a laid-back, cool stud of a dude. I, I mean, did I get any of that right or wrong? That's a great intro, Adam. Thank you very much, man. <laughs> well, respect. Did you write that yourself? I think, yeah, I sent it to them. That's, that's it. I just put it on just the card. edification. That's what I do. I want to make yeah. you guys look good. But anyway, thank you guys for listening. I say this all the time on these panels. I bring in great people to interview and discuss, but at the end of the day, it's all about you guys at home. My one goal is for you to walk away from each of these episodes and be like, Damn, whatever Jordan said, I got to get my life together. Mm -hmm. You know what? Mia, she dropped, you know, she looks good, but she's even smarter than I even thought she would be. All right. And we all know that Nat looks good. So let's not even go there, Malik. Keep your eyes to yourself, homie. All right. Love you, but Malik. we're excited to for our panel. We're excited for you guys to be here. Um, so let's get into this thing. So here's what we usually do just to kind of prep you guys. Before we get into a list of topics, we've got topics galore. I want the audience to understand who you guys are. So we start off with very basic stuff. 30 seconds or less. You say... Tell us your story, who you are, your relationship status, and how you make your money. Jordan, you want to go first? 
Yeah, let's do it. So as long as I can remember, I've been passionate about two things, right? Business and YouTube. And since I was in middle school, I've been trying to figure both of those things out. Um, I tried different YouTube channels, maybe like five, six, seven channels. Tried all different type of businesses and different fields. But now at 24, we have one of the fastest growing YouTube channels about business. And I recently sold one of my companies in August. So I'm just trying to keep it going and, and keep inspiring people. That's really my mission. So I am in a relationship. You well. are in a relationship. Yes, exactly. What, how long you guys been together? About a year, yeah. How do you respect? Yeah, nice. thanks. What's the age difference? Uh, like a couple months. Okay. Yeah. You're older or she's older? Uh, she's a little older. Yep. Okay. Look at my guy. Cougar Chaser. Cougar. Come on now. She's one day older. Cougar. Like older chase. Respect to you, Jordan. Yeah, um, and I do have some uh, follow-up questions, obviously, on the business and the company you sold yeah, sure. and all that. We're going to get into that for sure. Mia. Go ahead. Tell us your story, your relationship status, and how you're making your money. Hi, everyone. My name is Mia Dio. Um, I make all my money by pretending to be financially dependent on men, which is like a really nice paradox of life. Um, I am a comedian above everything else, but I am an actress, so that's why I do play different characters, and I almost feel more at home playing different characters to convey certain types of messages. My audience is mostly women, because it's mostly women humor, but we have started growing in the male department. They're starting mm -hmm. to get it. They understand mm -hmm. it's satire. Um, and yeah, I've been honestly doing comedy since I was 12 years old, making YouTube videos since I was 12, uploading by 14. Um, I have a background in, well, my dad used to work in Univision. So that's how we would bond. He got me my first camera, taught me how to edit and was like, go have fun, kid. You're not allowed to do anything else because I'm Hispanic. So I couldn't like sleep over or anything. So I would just stay home and make uh, very embarrassing videos. But it <laughs> built character. Nice. Amazing. And I'm sure your DM is like off the hook getting... Uh, People sliding in your DM. What's your relationship status? Oh, yeah. Um, I have a boyfriend. We've been together for around three months, but I think we moved in together like the third day that we met. Wow. We wow. met abroad, um, and then we found out that our family knew each other from like in, from Cuba oh. and also Key Biscayne, and like we have the same personality as far as like being mellow but funny. Like we're yeah. each other's like we're everyone's funny friend, mm. and I don't know. I just felt at home with him instantly, so for me, it wasn't like a difficult decision. Awesome. Respect. Wow, Good. Nice. Hey, buddy, great Hi. job out there. Wherever, wherever <laughs> your name is Billy, enjoy the ride his name is billy billy yeah billy. sounds like a totally <laughs> made up name yeah, yeah. Name is, uh, billy. billy yeah that's what it is my girl her name is uh sue that's right what's crazy about you is if i looked at the two of you i would say all right that's the latina that's the white girl mm -hmm. but it's actually opposite she speaks zero spanish she's got nothing going on adam okay okay still in me it's but, <laughs> But you speak Spanish fluently. Yeah, I speak Spanish fluently. My dad doesn't actually speak English at all. Oh, so. which is crazy. Nice. Yeah, <laughs> that's an anomaly. Did you know that? All right, oh. Leek's finding out. Anyway, nice. thank you guys for sharing your story. Let's get. It. There's a hot topics today uh, that we're gonna get into. Uh, we've got videos. We've got stuff. Jordan, let's start with you, bro. Let's um, do it. Because people. I said, where do I start with this guy? I've seen so many of your videos. I've seen the Bitcoin stuff. Mm -hmm. I've seen you on a yacht. I've seen you do, interviewing all types of people. But everyone was like, dude, you got to ask him about what happened with Tate. Yeah. Okay? I mean, I'm sure people are asking about that. So Jordan Welsh takes on Andrew Tate and the War Room. So basically, here's the story that I found. Okay. You kind of put out an episode. Some people are calling it a hit piece on Andrew Tate's War Room, right? So the story goes, you paid five grand to enter the War Room. Something happened to your crypto account. It didn't, it, you know, it got frozen. You had to give another 5K, ridiculous. Then you paid to speak with them. It didn't happen. So you're, you're, you had crypto issues, communication issues, connectivity issues. People are calling you a cloud chaser. People are, you know, internet ain't, ain't, people on the internet ain't nice. 
Um, but basically, you ended up interviewing a guy in Miami who was a member of the War Room, right, Jordan? Mm -hmm. And he's basically saying, yeah, if you can afford it, do it. But if not, it's your last five grand, kind of don't do it. Overall, you can kind of said, listen, it just wasn't worth my time or a good investment to be a part of the War Room. So you're known as a chill dude, bro. I mean, we've spent a little bit of time together, but a lot of people have very nice things to say about you, people I've spoken to about you. So why did you want to start this internet drama mm -hmm. with the top G Andrew Tate. Yeah. Yeah, well, look, I'll preface it by saying that, you know, I respect Andrew and what he's built. You know, he's a great man from what I see, and he has a good message to share with the people. I wanted to create an objective review of this product because nothing on the Internet had existed. This was a product that I was genuinely interested in, the War Room. And if you go to YouTube, there are zero reviews about the product. Hmm. So I'm a YouTuber. I saw this as an opportunity to fill that gap and also join this mentorship, this network that seemed interesting to me. And I showed the whole process on the video. For me, it was underwhelming. For what it is hyped up to be, for the value that it is marketed as, once I got inside there, I did not feel as if it lived up to the expectations. And that's what I shared in the video. But to balance it out, I included somebody else that had a somewhat better experience than mm -hmm. me. So I think the people that are trying to call my video a hit piece or something like that, I don't know if that's fair. Because mm -hmm. I really did try to give an objective look at the program. Personally, I didn't like it. I've paid over $10,000 for mentorships before. I've been in these programs in the past. This one, for me, did not live up to those expectations. So I don't know, man. I just didn't like it that much. And I didn't say, oh, I hate Andrew. Andrew's a scam artist. Oh, he's a bad guy. I literally just went in there and showed my experience. So Yeah, so here's what I'll say to that. So... Um, Patrick, PBD, and I flew out to Madrid. We did a fucking 10-hour sit-down with Andrew Tate. I watched it. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. I mean, we, we, only five hours of it was on film. But we had lunch. We had drinks. We had cigars. You know, we shot the shit. We hung out. Like, everyone's like, well, so what was it like? What was it like? What was it like? Because everyone's, yeah. I mean, nobody's taken the internet by storm like this in the last year or possibly ever like Tate. And all I could do is be real. I said, listen, because I could very easily be like, he was a fucking scumbag and I throw him, like, that just wasn't the case. So, um, but at the same time, I don't agree with everything the guy has ever said. I don't agree with anything anybody's ever said. Of course. Nor do I disagree with some, everything that somebody said. Um, but my take on Andrew was that he's um, certainly a smart guy, a Definitely. gifted talker, um, badass dude, like, you know, his hands are like, like, masculine dude like you shake his hand you're like all right player i see what's going on here like so um the, but there is sort of like the i almost compare it to like when the rock was the wrestler mm -hmm. he was the rock but when he stepped in the ring he became do you smell what the rock is it's kind of like a persona that you play okay. I, yeah. I don't think that's a mischaracterization of what tate's doing is that he's a real person he's mm -hmm. he has all those attributes money women success all that but when he puts on the shades he becomes the top G. I don't think that's a mischaracterization. But at the same time, I don't know anything about his business model, the yeah. war room, right? So you have a, a way deeper knowledge base than I do because I never signed up for it. So, you know, his response, because he did a response video mm -hmm. to you. Did you see the response video? Yeah, I saw the response. And to be honest, I don't even think he watched the actual video because his response didn't touch on any of the points I made in the video. It's just, oh, he's an idiot. Oh, he's a dumbass. Oh, this and that. Like... For me, it didn't feel like it was a genuine response. It was more like, let's switch the narrative up so people go and shoot backlash at this guy instead of actually hearing what he has to say. Yeah. And it worked. You know, His fans all came to my video with crazy comments. Really? But at mm -hmm. the end of the day, 
my audience is still as strong as ever. I didn't lose any followers. I didn't get any real hurt from that. It was just a, a couple of, you know, tater tots coming behind me to, uh, you know, say something. Tater tots. <laughs> did you so, expect that when you did that video? Was that like like an outcome that you were like, this is probably going to happen, so I'm still going to do it anyway? Or like, were you doing it for that? Like I mean, partially? I didn't expect that it was going to get that crazy of a response. But when he responded, yeah. I knew that the people were going to come, you know, just mm -hmm. because they follow anything that that guy says mm -hmm. like religiously almost stronger than anybody else in the internet but what had happened was the video where he responded to me got deleted so mm. you see one there that has like twenty thousand views but there was one that got like two hundred thousand in a day right. so like it what went, channel was that on that it got deleted it was on one of my friend sneeko's uh clips channel gotcha. one of his fans cut it up um but yeah i mean it happened it's in the past now i mean my new video is my biggest video yet and there isn't even a single comment about andrew on that video mm. so, so it's like, crazy because you're friends with sneeko yeah, that's my boy. Okay, that's your boy. You guys know each other for a few years in Miami? No, so he just moved to Miami very recently. From where? I, I got connected with Sneeko about a year ago. He's from New York. He's from New York. Got it. Yeah. So, you know, you're addressing this head on. So I got to tell you, mad respect. You, you're calling the tater tots respect. But, I just think it's funny. but Okay. You know, good, day, but, well, I'll say this to wrap it up. Yeah. One day I would hope to still have that conversation with Andrew because I think we both represent the same thing. I think we're just here trying to inspire young men to go out and get it and show that it's possible. Yeah. So I, I don't think that I'm trying to create an enemy out of that man. All I wanted to do was create an objective review of his program. And I hope that he could take something from that and actually improve the product. So you guys never ended up speaking? No. After all that? No. Okay, so if I could set that up, was that something you'd be open to? 100%. Okay. And I think we could clear up a lot of the things there. Maybe, Tate, when you see this, let's set up a little call with Jordan. Let's clear the air. Let's all mm. become friends here. Maybe instead of being a tater tot, now you're an advocate. And all of a sudden, <laughs> we're all friends here. Last question for you, bro. And then I want to get Mia's thoughts sure. on everything we're discussing right here. Mm -hmm. um, so Tate called you a dumbass, an idiot, kind of the things that you said. You yes. said, I'm glad that he left. He said something to the effect of like, you know, if you're going to join any high-value organization, you have to prove yourself first. Meaning, like, if I went to Harvard and I went for one day of school and I'm like, yeah, this school ain't shit. It's like, buddy, give it four years kind of a right. thing, right? That mentality. You know, fresh from fresh and fit. They were on the, the, uh, on the panel as well as my boy Justin Waller and your boy Sneeko. Fresh said he wants nothing to do with you. Uh, Myron, he said you're, he kind of alluded to treachery. Even your yeah, boy Sneeko... Even your boy Sneeko said, can I trust him or is he a snake? Yeah. So it's like, that's your boy. So now these red pill manners for influencers are kind of, you're catching beef with them. So like what, and also obviously the community. So like last question on that, like how does that make you feel? Friends are even questioning. Yeah. Red pill communities come with you. You seem kind of bulletproof. You're kind of like, I know what I'm doing, but mm -hmm. is there any part of you that's like, eh, maybe I'm getting myself in the, some hot water here. How are you processing all this? No, because I don't care because you have to understand that over this last couple of years, I've been building a network of amazing friends mm -hmm. all around the world. So if a couple YouTubers don't love me, it doesn't change my life in any way. My family loves me. My friends love me. So I'm not hurt by Fresh with his sunglasses talking about me on the stream. You know, mm -hmm. we weren't even close to begin with. Gotcha. So. What about Sneeko? You were more friends with Sneeko. To leave out any personal details, me and Sneeko are good. We spoke immediately after that show. Uh, okay. He called me actually before I even saw the response video. Mm. Actually, I, I'm I'm cool with that. Like if some, yeah. if he's friends with you and he's also sitting in an awkward situation with man Tate, at Tate's yeah. house. Exactly. At Tate, he's not going to start talking shit about you. Right. He kind of played it like, look, what do you guys think? Should I trust him? They're like, oh, you can't trust him. But the fact that he called you afterwards, that's a friend. I don't think anyone's going to talk shit. Like, I'm not trying to drive a wedge between you and Sneeko. It sounds mm -hmm. like you guys are cool. Yeah. Respect on that. Um, Mia, 
not not the Russian baby supermodel like Mia herself, <laughs> the gorgeous 21-year-old influencer. You must have seen a million different clips on Tate. Um, what have, are your thoughts on him? Um, to be fair, so I have watched a lot of um, the Tate content because I, at first I didn't know who he was. And then I remember just getting a, a multitude of comments just likening me to him, just being like, oh, the, the, she is the female Andrew Tate. Well, referring your to my characterization, character. exactly. Exactly, referring to my character, but a lot of people don't know that it, it is a character. Yeah. yeah. Um, I watched a lot of the stuff and I can say that there were certain points that he hit on that I, I would agree with. You know, like the, the guy isn't just speaking absolute BS, but he's obviously also playing a character and is trying to get a reaction, a rise out of people. And that's why, he, you know, you could attribute his success to the uh, shit storm that he's caused on the Internet, pissing off women, uh, riling up incels. And then the guys in between that are like, you know what, some of this stuff really makes sense. Or like, I want to I want to have like nice cars like this guy. And like, mm -hmm. who cares if I'm bald? Women will love me regardless. Whatever. Um, which See, Adam. I, it's actually my biggest fear in life. I mean, if produce, I went bald, kill me right now. Listen, but when you think about it, like if you produce a lot of testosterone, yeah, you get like a lot of body hair. It starts receding here. So he could just like make the whole claim that it's like I'm a walking testosterone machine no doubt he's so, a masculine dude no oh, doubt. absolutely yeah. i i completely credit him with like you know being very masculine being being very manly mm -hmm. um but this, there's certain things that i disagree with because i feel like he's he typically generalizes the role of a man and a woman and i feel like relationships should exist within the own bounds that they set for themselves mm -hmm. as in people are different and everyone has like a a, a different life experiences so personally myself um I, I, although I do portray like a gold digger and I do have my own personal expectations for a relationship and men, um, I would say that the, at least the relationships that I've been in, I've been very clear since the beginning, what are my boundaries or my bounds? Um, I do believe that a man, if I'm, you know, speaking of a heterosexual traditional relationship, the man protects the woman, man is the breadwinner, women, uh, they're more of like the nurturing kind and you know biologically that argument does hold value that's just how it is men are bigger men are stronger normally usually unless you're like Rhonda rousey um <laughs> and women are more nurturing you know we have we make babies and we take care of those children so but for me it's more like um i'm looking for a life partner i have a lot of ambition myself but i do always revert back to those traditional roles, especially in my relationships. Like I cook, I clean, I take care of my man, but I'm a really good multitasker. So I do all of that while running my own six figure business. So I, I do have time for all of that stuff. So, so um, multiple questions for you on this, because when I was 21, if you asked me a question like this, I'd be like, I don't know, bro. We're like, where the bong at? <laughs> like I probably like both your, like I'm very impressed with Gen Z, you know, every, I mean, we're going to talk about Gen Z as a whole throughout the, the store. The, the show, but, you know, I'm very impressed with your answers, ultimately, what I'm talking about. So two questions follow up. You must appreciate the fact that he's playing a character and getting a rise out of people, because that's exactly what you yeah. exactly. I mean, So you must yeah. appreciate that, yeah? I, I do. Ever since the beginning, I knew he was playing a character, and I was like, I know exactly what this guy is doing, because I do the same shit mm. every single day I wake up and turn on my phone. Oh, you knew that. You're like, this I, guy's definitely playing a character. I can just like... Your spidey senses? Yeah, of course. Mm -hmm. It's a character. Like, not everyone is going to be, like, a walking character 24-7. There's... 
you know, right. it's for sure a character. Right. But I do believe that there is some, tr like, he does obviously believe in the things that he says. But, no but he's not going to be an asshole about it and walking around and be like, oh, that woman, that's property, whatever. I'm sure the guy has respect for mm -hmm. other people. Just common human decency. Well, he even said in the interview that we did, he said, listen, you know, we're in an eyeball economy, attention economy. Like, this is, this how, this mm -hmm. is how people grow their brand and, and, and get clout is eyeballs and he even said it himself he said men are you you said men are stronger than women mm -hmm. yeah nobody's I mean, gonna I, debate I, that like i don't want to fight you exactly yeah. i don't want to fight you either. <laughs> just keep simple it. but okay so i don't think anyone but he'll say so everyone knows that that's not that shocking or alarming but if he says women are weak all of a sudden people are like what, what do you mean like mm -hmm. essentially the same thing but different one gets people more hype one gets people right. riled yeah. up more hype one's like yeah cool whatever so he knows what he's doing. He's, his father was a chess player. He was a chess player. He was very intentional, mm -hmm. right? Patrick BBD wrote a book called Your Next Five Moves, Wall Street Journal, number one bestseller. So on a chessboard, you got to be thinking 5, 10, 15 moves ahead. Mm -hmm. So he's thinking ahead when he knows what he's doing. Question, based on that, do you sure. think he knew he would get banned? Oh, I think the writing was on the wall for everyone these days. If you're doing controversial things and you're questioning the system, I don't think mm -hmm. he got banned. I asked him this point blank. I go, if you can, you know, if you were Vegas and you were putting odds on why you got banned, was it the the chauvinism and the um, you know toxic masculinity, or is it questioning COVID or questioning governments and systems? He's like, oh, I already know. It's questioning the matrix, as yeah. he calls it, and the system and the powers that be and the global elites and the big tech and big pharma. That's why he got banned. It's not because he's like, you're a dumb bitch. You know what I'm saying? But a lot of people think that. Like if you ask most girls, mm -hmm. yeah. like if you ask most of your friends, 21 years old, right. so so move yeah. remove Mia from the conversation, remove Natalia from the conversation, and most of your friends in their early 20s, mid-20s, and you said, why do you hate Andrew Tate? What do you think the most common response would be? Well, before I answer that question, I would like to say that... Um Referring back to like life being a chess, chess match and all of that stuff, him getting a reaction and instead of saying men are biologically stronger and, and choosing to say women are weak, it's actually very intelligent on his ha like behalf to do that because immediately his opponent is going to get a rile from it. So now mm -hmm. they're caught off guard. Now they're mm -hmm. angry and now they're talking from emotion instead of logic. Mm -hmm. So that's exactly what he's doing. So by doing that, he's already weakening the person he's having a debate with because now they're speaking from emotion mm -hmm. and it's not from a logical standpoint. And he knows exactly what he's doing. So he's chill and he's going to come off like very confident in what he's saying, what the messages that he's trying to portray. So that almost gives him immediately a position of power. So that's something that I've noticed, um, right? Like literally off the first interview that I saw of Andrew Tate and I was like, what a very smart guy. I have to give mm -hmm. it to them. But when I speak to maybe like my friends that mm -hmm. aren't necessarily thinking the way that I do, because, you know, I do this for a living. I right. basically manipulate people into thinking that yeah. I'm a certain way in order to get a yeah. reaction. Guilty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like this girl, what is going on? Yeah, you can't get her on the show. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, they obviously would feel some type of way because he they are falling into the what he's exactly what he's trying to do he's trying to incite some type of riot mm -hmm. so that's what he's getting at people mm -hmm. people get they you know especially my generation we're very fueled by our emotions instead of thinking logically and yeah. and stuff so i mean he knows exactly what he's doing in that department like everyone would be pissed the hell so off. most of your girlfriends like you like you know there's rules and there's exceptions you're very clearly both of you are, are exceptions and exceptional Mm -hmm. But most of your friends, just to pinpoint their thoughts, how, how do they react to it? 
a guy like him. I mean, we, we, I don't think we really debated it. It was just more like, ah, like what a piece of shit. And I'm just like, okay, well, I mean, yeah, his character is really shitty, but a lot of people would argue that for my character as well. So, <laughs> I mean, I can't really be a hypocrite, can I? No. Yeah, well, takes one to know one, as yeah, I say. exactly. All right, Jordan Welsh, last word, brother. After everything we just discussed, you know, you've got a camera, you've got mics. Go ahead, say what's on your mind, what you want the tape people to know, your fans to know, kind of yeah. putting a bow on the, uh, the topic here. Well, I don't take anything back that I said in my video. I just shared my experience inside of there. Again, I support Tate for the most part and what he's trying to spread, the message to the young men. Um, maybe there's room for a conversation in the future. And if not, I'm going to keep doing what I do at a high level. I'm not going to have my life ruined if I don't ever get to meet Andrew Tate. My life's going to keep going the same way it's going now. So, Hey, listen, I respect the confidence. I think we all do. No? So respect to you. Yeah. Um, by the way, if you guys got questions... Uh, comments, super chat. I'm sure we're riling up the uh, the, yep. the audience right here. We're getting a rise of people right there. Did you see the video that Jordan did with Tate? I'd like to know your thoughts. Do you think Jordan did a good job? Do you think he was biased? Do you think he was actually completely accurate? Leave your comments below. Natalia's going to yes. be um, the chat. managing the chat. And if you've got some super chats, we're going to read those uh, within the next 20 minutes or so. Natalia will give us the cue on that. But bottom line, respect for standing your ground, bro. Respect. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right. Let's get to know Mia and the life of a sugar baby a little bit more. So before we kind of get into some of the questions, we have a highlight video or a video that I think highlights right. you <laughs> even more. So Amazing. audience, turn your volume up. Hide your kids. Uh, <laughs> hide your man. <laughs> and uh, production team, Malik, let's get the volume and let's play this video of Mia Dio. Start it over again, let's get the volume. Mm. Volume. Real goals outside of Okay, start it over again, we got the volume. Pass away and give me all his money. Okay. Turn it up. People ask me how I sleep at night knowing that I have no real goals outside of marrying an old rich man who will soon pass away and give me all his money. I simply respond on my stomach in case they want to kiss my butt. Hello again, it's me, your favorite sugar baby lifestyle coach, makeup guru, supermodel, now also travel influencer, food connoisseur, wild animal whisperer, and professional stem instructor. If man asks you what sign you are the most compatible with, you have to say dollar sign. If your husband asks you where you see yourself in five years, just say his funeral. If man <laughs> asks you what makes you happy, you have to say cashy. Go find rich husband. People ask me how... <laughs> No doubt that yes. your comedic sensibilities are off the charts. So um, at first, I didn't realize, because I watched a few videos, I'm like, this, is this a real yeah. thing? We had no idea. No, like, I know, because I knew. saw your videos like a while, while ago, like kind of when you started. And then I kind of just like got off of TikTok and just fell off. And then um, I saw, I would see you like here and there. So then when, when I knew her, she was coming, I was like, yeah. no, like she's coming. She's like this big persona. <laughs> like she's, it's not real, I don't think. But if it's real, like it'd still be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with like, Adam. I also thought it was. Cause my girl showed it to me. And at first I was like, oh, this girl's funny. Yeah. Show me another video. How long was ago like, was that, Jordan? Uh, like two months ago, maybe. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. she's got expensive taste. And <laughs> how, Mia, how long you been doing that? character uh since um i mean honestly the character was basically like an overnight success and i started when i was 19 yeah. and you know if it's not broken don't fix don't, it don't do not fix that well so i'm gonna ask this question as if you are the sugar baby and then we'll yeah. get into mia Absolutely. so you know like it's a very <laughs> transactional relationship sugar babies right 
So it's not for the faint of heart. We all know that. But transactional is like you're getting something, I'm getting something, right? So both sides are getting what they want. For the for the man, for the wealthy older man, they're getting the hot young girl. Easy peasy, lemon squeezy, <laughs> all good. For the women, they're getting money, cash, gifts, jewelries, cars, expenses, trips, all good. Go ahead, live your best life, girl. All good. By the way, nothing wrong with that in real life. Transactional. That's what business is. You're Spanish. What's a Spanish word for business? Negocios. Negocios. It's a negotiation. That's what negocios is. So you're getting, you know, it's all good. I'm totally good with these transactional relationships as long as it's up front. There's nothing being hidden, pulled back. So putting yourself in this sugar baby persona, like what does the future of a sugar baby Russian supermodel look like chasing after a rich husband? Well, um, I could answer this in character, or I can give you a real-life example, because my character is based off of a real-life person who was my roommate. Do, yeah. Oh, <laughs> Let's dude, get that's what I wanted to know. Dun, like, dun, where did dun, this dun. come from? Like, how did this start? So, basically, my roommate was from Russia, and she uh, had moved to Ukraine, uh, Kiev, and uh, she, on a website, whatsyourprice.com, found this guy who took her to Miami, and was like, okay, so I'm going to give you $50 for this date, but I'm going to give you a date. And then afterwards, I give you $50. It's literally, the website is, what's your price? Like, what is your price for a dinner date? So she went on this website, um, and it was like a $50 date. But they went out to dinner. He took her eventually to, like, Walmart, bought her hair tools, um, shampoo, conditioner, cosmetics, all, clothes. Walmart. So homie balled out, huh? <laughs> <laughs> you get some was, hair products? It, was, it, it adds okay. up. Honestly, um, it was a pretty interesting move on his part because we later found out that he was a billionaire yeah um so straight up he straight was up. a billionaire he said let me get you how resources. old was he and how old was she uh so she was 30 and i would say that he was in his late 60s um and you were how old being exposed to all yeah. i was 18 years old so how did you have a 30 year old roommate at 18 by the way uh it was kind of just like imposed on me so i was dating this guy who was really sketchy he was a russian guy i assumed that he was mafia mm. um because i just didn't know anything and then one day just you know i kind of like disappeared but we're not going to really talk about that um you know just for my personal well-being but he told me that he had a friend that was coming into town and she is in an interesting relationship and that that she couldn't actually, it's either she stays with a friend that's gonna pose as a family member, or she has to go stay with this guy that she's not fully comfortable staying with because all of her bank accounts and stuff were tied to this man. So he, if she were to check into a hotel, he would know exactly which hotel she's checking mm. into because she didn't have any of her own personal financial freedom mm. except for the platinum Amex that had her name on it, but that was linked to him. So um, I posed as a friend of a friend which was technically true that opened up my home so I was like basically like sharing a bed with this absolute stranger but I'm just honestly like I would consider myself a very nice person because yeah. I was just like didn't even know this chick I was just like okay so she's gonna pay rent I'm like no but you know what she's gonna buy you a lot of shit and I was like fuck it I'm broke let's do yeah, it yeah. <laughs> so she wasn't paying rent but she had a platinum Amex card and she, so could she would just ball out whatever she wanted exactly so um, she would like get me transactional like, relations transactional even in your situation <laughs> she didn't even speak a lick of English either so uh, we would just cr translate you know, in my tiny shitty apartment through Google Translate, and I would just be like, "So, what do you do for a living?" And then it was it, it was always very uh, obscure. But eventually, we found out. What would she say? So she would tell me um, that she is a model, 
Mm-hmm. They and all are, by the way. They all are. <laughs> They're all models. I mean, they're, they're gorgeous. Okay. Uh, I'll for sure give her that. She's a beautiful woman. Um, that she was a model and she had a very rich boyfriend, but they have a very complicated relationship. And they he wants to do. move very quickly and she wants to slow it down. And I, and that's kind of as far as it went because I noticed that she maybe wasn't as comfortable talking about it. And I was like, honestly, like, is this really going to change my life? No. You're good. But then I started to notice, I obviously was 18 and I was dating like this very interesting Russian character that was, I would say, emotionally abusive because I was at the time a very malleable person. Like I was very easy to to bend to your will because I, as a woman, I thought that my role was to do anything that I could to please a man. Mm-hmm. But at the expense of myself, it, I would do it at the expense of myself, of my own like emotionally emotional integrity. Um, so she, I remember her just starting to give me advice and it was very much like, you know, he has money. Like, she'd be like, you know, he has money. And I was like, yeah, um, I can see that by the cars that he picks me up in. Mm -hmm. So why is it that you pay for shit for him, huh? Like, why is it that, you know, he likes to ask you to pay for stuff because you're not going to say no. And I was like... Oh, you were paying for the rich Russian boyfriend? Like, sometimes he would... would, Like, sometimes we would go to dinners and I think he was just testing me. Mm. Um, We would go to dinners and it would be like, his idea would be like 450 bucks per person. And I was broke and there would be times where he'd be like you pay for it and he was a scary dude so i'd be like okay fine didn't really have much of a backbone or a spine Mm -hmm. so she started giving me like this ridiculous advice on how to talk to men and how to carry myself but what was the advice that she would give you the advice would be like you're a woman you're a prize um never pay for anything if a guy wants to chase you let him chase you until the ends of the earth don't show any interest don't whatever which some of it could hold value like you do have to play the game but mm-hmm. at the end of the day like when you're in a like relationship i think it should be you know yeah i don't need to play the play yeah. a, once a, you're in a relationship the game, game time anymore. is over right exactly it's more like okay now how do we grow from here like now we're a, a unit now we're a partnership how do we expand from this point instead of constantly playing this game mm-hmm. and what was the age difference in you and the boyfriend uh it was 10 years so okay. i was 18 and he was 28 at the time. you said he was a scary guy i mean yeah he was just like I just had a cold, cold look. Like you looked at him and you saw Siberia. Like there was just something in that guy's eyes. But were you, were, were you were you more attracted to him? Were you intimidated by him? Yeah. Did you respect him? What like how does a beautiful eighteen-year-old girl yeah. end up in this relationship? And on top of that, paying. you're paying for shit somehow. Yeah. So he pursued me uh, very intensely in the beginning. Um, he like sent me messages on, so I didn't even have a social media following at the time, but he would send me messages constantly, like he wants to take me out to dinner, he wants to do this. And I remember I had just moved to Brickell um, and I used to live with my parents and I had gotten a job for a real estate developer who actually ended up sexually harassing me for like the whole year that I was working for him. Mm. So I emotionally was in a very vulnerable position because obviously like my boss, like the the man that I respect and I work for is making me feel terrible every single time I walk into the office. Like Mm. he would just comment on my looks or um, he would make me bend down and pick stuff up and I could see see that he was trying to look up my skirt or he was making comments about like my chest size and stuff like that when all I was trying to do was just focus on like the task at hand. Um, And additionally, I was lonely. So I graduated high school early. I graduated at 16 years old. And by then I was already a junior in college. So it was difficult to make college friends because I was a minor and no one wanted to get in trouble by having a beer with me. Mm -hmm. Um, And also it was just like I had just moved to this big city where there's young lawyers like there's doctors there's finance bros there's people doing a lot of things and I don't really know where I stand so I was looking for almost a man to guide me or like be like my 
my anchor mm-hmm. because I felt like I was just going in places that I really shouldn't have. Um, and he presented as a really strong masculine figure that you can even liken to Andrew Tate in the way that he would speak and, and carry himself. And mm-hmm. I was attracted to that as someone who at the time was more emotionally weak and didn't really know where I stood, uh, with myself. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it was just like the nice dinners and picking me up from work in the, in a new car or like a G wagon or something, something that I really hadn't, uh, much, I didn't have much experience with at the time. Um, he would give me money for things in the beginning. Uh, I would pay for things, but he off the bat started paying my rent. Mm. Um, so he financially dominated me really early on. So I almost felt like I owed him mm. because he was paying my rent and he knew I didn't make that much money and I was trying to find a new job because I was getting sexually harassed. So he knew I was in a very vulnerable position. Um, he was also married. Um, I found out later, but it was... It wasn't like a real one. It was like one of those Miami ones that it's like, come on, I just want to be an American citizen. So I don't know anything about that, by the way. I don't know. Um, <laughs> just like you wink, know, wink, wink, government. I, I definitely married I that kid. girl from. <laughs> I was a kid, so yeah, I was a kid, and I made mistakes that kids tend to make, especially when you're looking for love in the wrong places. But I think I've grown from that, and I'm glad that I was thrown into such a, a turmoil, a very turbulent relationship because I was able to see one extreme and know then kind of like be able to like sniff out red flags Mm -hmm. and it's led me to have great relationships from that point forward so Mm -hmm. like there's a million different questions I have for you but let me me just start with like sort of a basic premise um, and we can kind of have a conversation from there so there's a saying in the manosphere community that um, a woman simply is and a man must become so let's use you two as an example. You're 18. You're a beautiful girl. Uh, comedy, skits, all that aside, you're getting dudes to pay your rent just because you're a pretty girl. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Facts? Facts. Facts. Um, dudes are hiring you and, you know, scumbag, sexual harassment guy, but you're being hired, you're getting a job simply because mm-hmm. pretty girl. Facts? Facts. Facts. Jordan, on the other hand, ain't nobody sexually harassing you from what I understand. No, not too much. Of that. No, yeah. When you were 18, 21. Yeah. So when I say that a woman is, and a woman simply is, and a man must become, you had to become who you are today. Like you're 24 years old. You had to start a YouTube channel. You had to do a, how many freaking hundred videos mm-hmm. to even start getting eyeballs. You had to start making money. You had to build a business. You had to build an e-commerce platform. You had to build several companies, you had to start interviewing people to become the man you are today. And by the way, you're 24. Just imagine when you're 30 or 34. Like, there are a different set of rules for men and women. And I don't think that's controversial. A guy starts off as a blank slate, right? Like, all right, bro. Like, I use the, the, um, especially in finance, you'll appreciate this, I use the traffic light analogy, okay? Feel free to use it. It, it. When it comes to money, You know, red light is you're struggling, you're drowning in debt, you're paycheck to paycheck. Ain't exactly good. You want to get to a yellow light. Yellow light is like, all right, you've got some money. You're no longer paycheck to paycheck. Maybe you're debt free, but you're not building wealth. You've got some money. Eventually, when you become debt free and you stack cash, you have an emergency fund, you've got a cushion, you've got a rainy day fund, you're paying your bills, you're good. Now you're at a green light where I'm investing. I've got, you know, Roth IRAs, 401ks, crypto accounts. We out here doing our thing, right? So to extrapolate that and talk relationships, let's use this. Our lovely friend Mia here was born, you know, as a girl, 
You know, 18, green light, let's go. Hot girl, who's paying her rent? Get a job, let's go, let's do the damn thing. Green light, you and a relationship, you know, and, and business, you had to start from the bottom, you had to work out, you had to stay in shape, you had to make your money, you had to develop confidence, you had to basically do all these things, develop a sense of humor, have a social network, do all these things to get the girlfriend that you have today, okay? So, like, men and women are totally different, and I think that's fine to say, and here's a... Here's an example of that in, in living reality. So, anyway, you, you want to comment on this just a little bit? Like, when you were 18, nobody was sexually harassing you or making you bend down and pick things up or giving you jobs or paying your rent, for that matter. I mean, truthfully, at 18, I really wasn't even getting a look from girls. I was getting out of high school. I was really depressed because I always had this vision to be a businessman, and, mm. and I had no money. So I'm like the broke businessman. Yeah. And I never wanted to go to college because I wanted to build something successful in high school. Mm-hmm. And now I had to go to the school that I wasn't interested in. I was getting into debt. So, yeah, I didn't have that. But I also think that it's not just when you start to develop money. It's more like you develop this confidence inside of yourself. And the way you yep. do that doesn't always have to be your bank account. Like start to dig deep and understand what you value in this world. And that's a real spiritual process, not something you can do overnight. Once you find that, you can start to figure that out for yourself. For me, I found that through reading books. I found that through spending time with the people very close to me. I found that through meditation and prayer. I found that through being in a gym almost five days a week, really just working on myself. And as a matter of fact, for me going on that journey, I was able to make more money than I ever did in those earlier years. Obviously, I got older, too. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I'd say that I was not getting any looks from girls when I was 18 or 19 or 20. It was really once I started to say, okay, I am that guy. I can go out and get money. I can go out and get successful. I can go out and get fit. That's when I think women start to respect a little bit more because you respect yourself. Yeah. So I think, uh, well said, by the way. I'm so impressed by you guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jesus Christ, I got to get my get life together when I'm 21, 24. But confidence is such, is such a important factor regardless who you are but if, if you're a man like um you said you it comes a, d- a couple different ways so so an example is i know a bunch of kids in miami that are you know your guys age 24 25 21 whatever crypto guys that made a bunch of money you know overnight on a dogecoin bet whatever the hell it was i mean obviously they lost a lot of that though but that doesn't mean that they've done shit with their life that yeah. doesn't mean they have confidence whatsoever Bro, just because you've come kids, across money a lot of these kids that i've met i know so many young entrepreneurs they are losers and i love them they're my boys but like yeah. you see them at a club you see them go try to talk to a girl on the street they yeah. exactly yeah, yeah. exactly like, <laughs> like it's not about necessarily making money it's like you got to build up that confidence inside yourself 100 percent. like yeah. to to your point jordan you know money is one part of the the tripod so to speak yeah. right so the flip side i know a ton of dudes in Miami that I've partied with. I've been in the party life like, for 20 plus years in yeah. South Beach. Game, suave, yeah. you know, pimp ass dudes. They, do, I mean, they'll take your girl, like you look the wrong way, confidence, like they'll, but they don't have jobs. Yeah. They don't have careers. Mm-hmm. Like they are pickup artists, okay? I've seen a bunch of so these So they have confidence, but no money. The beautiful blend for a man, you know, they say that um, money, muscles, game frame, our, our friend uh, MLD, right is that when you can kind of put your life together as a man and say, all right, I'm developing this competence, I'm making money, competence leads to confidence, cool, I got a job, I got a career, I got money, but I'm also, I know how to read a room, I know how to talk, I know how to talk to people, I'm not a puss-ass motherfucker, I'll go talk to this girl, like, and I work out, like, there's so many different qualifications, like, women has a, have a million different qualifications for a guy, right? So, for a, for a woman 
who wants a man, she wants him hot, tall, good-looking, money, funny. He wants uh, be nice, uh, come hang out with my grandma, have a puppy dog. Like, do all these things, right? Hook it up, take me on trips. Okay, for a, just to have the possibility of dating a hot chick like Mia. Boom, I said, okay. But for a guy, you know, we don't have that many qualifications, but the qualifications we do have are very important to us. Mm-hmm. Be good looking. Don't be fat. Don't be out of shape. Don't be a bitch. Don't have a bad <laughs> attitude. Okay? Don't be boring. Don't be boring. And just be nice and pleasant. So our three qualifications that we have have a whole day, a lot of weight. Our friend Myron from uh, Fresh and Fit talks about this a lot. But it's very true. Women have a lot of qualifications. For a man, like I said at the beginning of the show, the whole purpose of the show is to improve your status. Status is a combination of things. There's wealth. There's relationships. There's confidence. It's all about proving your status. Red light, yellow light, green light. Yeah. So status is the most important thing for a, for a man and everything that comes with status. But for women, beauty is the most important thing. And that's internal and external. Like, I, you know this. How many pretty girls out there have horrible, ugly, broken souls? How many yeah. girls have you run into with that? Oh, yeah. so, many. Yeah. Yeah. so many. Yeah. So many. Yeah. More than I've met uh, pretty girls that have everything all together. Really? So, Absolutely. So what's Absolutely. your take on that? Because I could tell just off rip, not only are you pretty, but you're actually a, a, an attractive person inside and out. Like, mm-hmm. Thank you. As a former comedian, I know what it <laughs> takes to put yourself out there right. and kind of expose yourself and, and put that out there. And it takes a lot of depth and and, and, and soul to, to do that. So what's your experience with pretty girls with lack of depth? Um, pretty girls with lack of depth. The only thing that I have to say is that maybe there are people that didn't really have to work very hard to get the things that they really wanted, you know, like, because they're born as a green light. Yeah. You know, I, I, I mean, I was born and raised in Miami, so I've seen it all my life, you know, ever since I was young, like 18, I was able to get into some of the most exclusive clubs to get into because I looked the way that I did. Mm -hmm. Um, and a lot of girls base their value off of where they can get into. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's not necessarily that you deserve to be there, but for them, it's just enough that they were pretty enough to get in instead yep. of being like, okay, but how do I stay in? Right. How do I talk to the right people, make the right friends that I need to do so I can get further along in life and not just be happy that I'm here. Mm-hmm. I want to be satisfied that I made the connections that I needed to do and I left my mark instead of just being here because I'm not happy to be here. Mm-hmm. I'm here for my own reasons. I am a businesswoman above every, everything else. You know, I could have been a real estate agent in another life. Um, and I feel like networking and just, you know, being confident is what draw, draws people in because there's an argument to be made that people like nice things. People like expensive things, right? It's buy nice or buy twice. And men like Buy their, nice or buy twice. Yeah. Love that. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's true. So, I mean, guys like their women, like they like their cars. They like them poor and they like them exotic. And, you know, some people, <laughs> there's an argument to me be made that some guys like them with low mileage, whatever. <laughs> um, but, you know, as a woman, or at least one that I would consider myself, my head to be on straight, you know, I feel like I was raised right. Uh, I believe that my value is a lot more than that because I can get a man's attention, but I know also how to keep it mm-hmm. because there's a misconception and I feel like I'm also um, feeding into it with my persona and people that don't know how to differentiate reality and, and satire is that there is, okay, so you can attract a man. I've been, I've, I've dated a fair share of either very famous guys or very wealthy, like billionaires or something um and yes they were attracted to me because i was pretty but i kept them 
coming for mm -hmm. more because they were able to sit down and have a conversation with me. We were able to discuss the things that they were interested in, whether it was Elon Musk and AI right. or if it was uh, what are my stances on certain socioeconomic or political issues. Uh, ultimately, guys are looking for a partnership. You know, there's that, that saying that, you know, behind every successful man is a is a good woman. Um, and I do agree with that, but I also believe behind every successful woman is a very good man. Mm -hmm. So it, it's just, you know, you, you have to have a lot more to offer than just your looks. So the women that are broken souls and are shallow and are clinging on to just their looks for validations, because that's all that they've really been able to hone in on mm -hmm. instead of going through like this whole path of self-discovery. And what am I really worth? What do I really stand for? What are my goals? Do I want to pursue my goals or do I just want to be someone's wife instead of being this the Dio family, mm -hmm. right? Dio family versus someone's wife. So that's kind of, that's what I believe. The Dio family, like your husband's going to take your last <laughs> no. name? I mean, I wasn't going to like say his last name. <laughs> gotcha. So it sounds like you've got a very good grasp on the role of a man and the role of a woman and uh, masculine traits, but also feminine traits. Right. You know, you talked about, you know, you want to be a businesswoman, um, but you also talked about that you can take care of your man and cook and clean. Yeah. That seems to be something that's lost in today. A lot, you know, women today, a lot of, you know, feminists and, you know, I'm not talking about the OG feminists who fought for their right to vote and the right to just work, respect. I'm talking about modern day feminism. They don't need no man. I'm a boss, babe. Like, you know, you know, there's a lot of, lot of uh, information articles about that, about the tragic future of that type of mindset where you're going to be 52 years old one day with a million bucks in the bank and no one to share it with and what you would have done differently and i know women my age that are in their early 40s that i'm like girl you should have been married off the streets 10 years ago girl and like they're still out there so like how do you have such a good grasp on the masculine role the feminine role and do you think girls your age fully grasp it as well um i feel like it is a a new way of thinking. Obviously, modern feminism is different than the traditional feminist uh, definition. Feminism just means that, you know, we want everyone to be equal. It's just named feminism because at the time women were considered less than mm -hmm. um, and we were just fighting for the same rights. So the right to vote, um, the right to, uh, you know, just you know, be considered a person as much as a man. Um, but as far as modern feminism, where we're instantly just going to like F men, I don't need a man, women rule, women rock. At the same time, what they're doing is fostering a hateful environment that is also putting off men from the idea of feminism or treating women with respect. Mm -hmm. Because if these women are just being so blatantly aggressive and just generalizing men, obviously the appropriate response on behalf of all men is to generalize women and generalize women as you know gold diggers, as scumbags, as women who... who um, you, that women can't be trusted because women just hate men or something like that. So obviously, I feel like that this is just like a code for how humans interact with each other anyway. There's always supposed to be mutual respect. Mm -hmm. And if you want to get anything done and you want to have a proper discourse, you always got to do it with modern, like with uh, decent respect. You know, like in debates when people get fueled by emotions, mm -hmm. that's when respect is lost. And that's when ultimately, like, everything you say just becomes a fallacy. You're attacking someone's character, straw man, like whatever. Um... And that's just like, you're not going to get anywhere with that, in my opinion. But the way that I am able to manage my time and be, you know, fulfill my role or at least the role that I believe in, because everyone is entitled to differences of opinion. And that's what makes humans amazing. Um, my role of a woman, or at least the role that I have given myself, because, you know, because of 
traditional feminism, I now have a choice to do the things that I want to. My choice is to be a good partner to a man who has a traditional job. You know, he goes in the morning and he comes back in the evening and he's exhausted. I have a different job. Um, I'm an influencer. So I will go on work trips and film like a whole bunch of travel content because now my my content isn't so much like the content that you like saw, saw mm -hmm. earlier. Right. It's more travel vlogs with a comedic take on the things that I did traveling. So I'll go traveling. Um, if I can't take him, then I'll take an assistant. If I can't take an assistant, I'll take one of my best friends and we'll just record my day-to-day -day life and then I'll go home and I'll sit down. It takes me a full day to edit because I have like two weeks worth of footage or a week worth of footage and I make it look like one cohesive day. Mm -hmm. uh, even reusing the same makeup, reusing the same outfits, just to like, you know, keep the, at least make the story wow. seem more genuine. Mm -hmm. And you edit your own videos? Mm -hmm. I, I do everything yeah. myself. Nice. Do you edit your own videos too? Yeah. Nice. Why aren't you guys hiring editors? We got great yeah. editors. Well, I have a team. Like, so I have them basically cut up the video and take yeah. out all the scraps. And then I do actually like the fun part, the music, the voiceovers, the storytelling elements. But like, I don't sort through the footage anymore. Like I do gotcha. have help, but I like doing the actual story part of the editing. So you guys are, you guys, you guys, these are real jobs yeah. being yeah. a, a, a YouTuber, TikTok influencer. Yeah. Yeah. These are real jobs. Yeah, definitely. Um, I want to play this video and I want to ask these questions about what you guys are looking for dating, right? <laughs> okay. So let's get the audio right this time. Mm -hmm. uh, here's Mia talking about red flags in a relationship. Oh, I know this video. Mm -hmm. This is like lazy content, lazy content. 101, where it'll help you realize that you are not a bull. So why do you keep charging directly towards red flags? If men wear flip-flops, red flag. <laughs> if man understands the difference between shampoo and conditioner, red flag. If man plays Fortnite, Red flag. If man puts anything but whole milk in his coffee, red flag. If man drives a Honda Civic, red flag. If man uses Old Spice deodorant as cologne, red flag. If a man says that his enemies are after him, that's a red flag. If man doesn't give you tax-deferred assets only because you're dating him, red flag. If man is more interested in these NFTs rather than these NFTs, Red flag. If man has any poodle or poodle-like mix, red flag. If man owns real estate in the metaverse but still lives in his mom's basement, red flag. And finally, if man is not rich husband material, red flag. Well, <laughs> well I don't I think that's that. lazy material. At all. Think, why would you that's call funny. that lazy material? I think that's fantastic. Oh, because I can do a lot better. Really? Yeah. You got um, the accent like perfect. Uh -huh. yeah. yes. I would so say the that the accent isn't even that good because um, I it used to be like Russian sugar baby because it was it was hard based off of my roommate. Right. But people got sensitive as far as like me um, singling out like one specific nationality right. and saying. But I'm just like uh, okay, whatever. We'll make her ambiguously European, kind of like Anna Delvey. Um, mm -hmm. And this was actually before like the series came out I was just familiar with Anna Delvey in general so I switched the accent to be a little bit more ambiguously European like you could have been born in one country raised mm -hmm. in Switzerland studied in the UK and came to the United States yeah. so now I have that more of that accent so I wouldn't say it's like necessarily spot on and disclaimer and like obviously not all Russian people are like that you yeah. know no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just based um, off you're my playing a character okay exactly. that's like when Adam Sandler played uh, you don't mess with the Zohan oh yeah we got it he's playing a character <laughs> a he's movie. like a <laughs> sexually charged hairdresser with a package um you know he's doing his thing anyway yeah. as far as red flags go i'm proud to say that i have none of those red flags specifically uh the real estate the metaverse however i do know the difference between shampoo and conditioner 
Why is that a red flag? Um, I just thought it was funny because uh, <laughs> it was like, okay, well then who taught you that? What woman taught you that? Yeah. It was just a play on like, my toxicity. Mom, yeah. <laughs> um, so, so Adam, you don't, you don't it, own a it. single pair of flip-flops? <laughs> You no, should. I do, but you said, do you wear them to, in public? Or yeah, something? just like wear them like out and about. No, I wear them to the beach. <laughs> but yeah, you know, no. you need to use them in appropriate settings, but if we're pulling up to church and you're in flip-flops, like, no, what no, are you no, doing? Can't do it. I've told this story a million times that, you know, nightlife guys, South Beach, bars, whatever, if a friend shows up and he's like, you're wearing shorts, flip-flops, I mean, I'm, I'm like, I'll murder the guy. <laughs> but if you wear shorts, I'm like, where do you think we're going on Saturday night in South Beach in shorts? Can't do it. I don't know, man. It's like, buddy, get it together. Tell your friends out there. So what I want to ask you guys, both in relationships, um, attracted people, successful people, young people, if, there can, if you can kind of pinpoint uh, real-life red flags and real-life green flags that you run towards... You too, Natalia. What would they be? You want to go first? Um, so something that I would consider a red flag just right off the bat is, well, the thing is the current relationship that I'm in now, we didn't play any games with each other. Yeah. I think the first day that we saw each other, um, we were just hanging out as friends because we were abroad. It was a group trip to Colombia. Everyone flew in from different places. Uh, we <laughs> Colombia. Um, we were just talking and hanging out as friends, and I realized that I really liked his personality, and there was a, a physical attraction there as well, obviously. Um, and we hit it off, but we've been together since the first day we met. Like mm -hmm. I don't, we've we hardly have been apart since the first day we met, and we prefer it that way. So I'm. This isn't gonna apply to everyone because everyone likes to play their games or whatever. Some girls are gonna be like, "But I'm a Sagittarius. I have to play the game. Whatever." Um, I off the bat, I like people that present immediately the way that they're going to be for the rest of the relationship mm -hmm. so obviously that's going to be something that's going to be very hard to gauge but if i can tell right off the bat that you are a family man that you are going to be loyal that you are an open book as far as let's have a conversation let's set boundaries like what bothers you what bothers me what are the expectations that we have for the partner and ultimately a green flag is someone who has respect common like human decency treats other people um with respect obviously when i date someone i'm looking for my husband i don't date just a date i'm dating to marry because that's just the way that i am and i see all of these qualities in a man then obviously that turns me on to them like uh for example, my boyfriend has a great relationship with his family. It's it's adorable. Like he yeah. comes home and like he's hugging his dad, he's hugging his mom, he's hugging his sisters, all of that stuff. I noticed right off the bat that all of my boyfriend's female cousins would call him for advice because he'll just sit and listen and give good advice and and he's someone that just makes people feel comfortable in their own skin. Um, and since your partner obviously is going to re represent you or at least a, a large aspect in your life, if you just have the same um, morals, have the same basically bullet points for life, then that's someone that I could see a future with because I would consider myself a kind person who's listening and would love to give you advice or help wherever I can. I'm a very affectionate person. I love my family. I treat everyone with respect. If my partner does the same thing, then I'm comfortable making them an extension of me. Uh, and that's kind of just what two, my Two follow-up questions real quick. What's the age difference between you and your boyfriend? So he's actually the smallest age difference that I've ever had. Mm. I've gone all the way up to like 16 years of an age difference. Um, but he is about to turn 26 and I'm a strong 21. Like Five years age difference. Yeah. So you've gone up to 16. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Me too. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that, but the, um, and then the, the second question is you, you just kind of glossed over it, but you said that you're dating for marriage. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Is that always? Is that a new thing for you? You're like 21. Like, yeah. I don't think that's most girls are dating for marriage at 21. 
Well, Do I have that wrong? The reason why I'm able to um, be the caretaker of my of the men in my in the relationship and then also manage my business is because I'm very good with time. And I think that my time is very precious because I've seen what I've been able to build in such a short period of time. In two years, I've built an empire for myself and it's great. Like I could probably welcome a kid in today and that kid's gonna be chilling. Um, <laughs> so for me, it's kind of just like uh, maturing is realizing that it doesn't matter how successful you are if you don't have someone to share it with or if you don't have an anchor because there's going to be a lot of people in this industry, in this world that are going to do everything in their power to at least make you think that they're building you up and then the second that they can pull the rug from you, they will. Um, but having that one person that you can turn to and rely on for the rest of your life is key to me. I am someone who believes fully in monogamy. Um, part of me also is more stable when I have a stable relationship because I'm not dating, so I have more time right. in order to focus on my craft and focus on building my relationship. Um, I'm not someone who really enjoys dating either. I've, I'm never single either, and I always get into like the longest relationships too, which is crazy. Uh, I was single for three months before I met my boyfriend, and then I kind of like moved in with him instantly, and things are going so good. Yeah, well, yeah, the reality is no pretty girl's ever single. She's either in with a boyfriend. <laughs> Situationships. Exactly. There's another guy that's hollering. I get it. Jordan, we talked about red flags, uh, green flags. Yeah. You moved to Miami two years ago, different yeah. lifestyle than Fort Myers. You know that. Well, I was living in LA for a short time oh, before were? I moved to Miami. Okay, I lived gotcha. there for two years, but yeah. So you were living in LA. So even yeah. even even more of a point yeah. uh, as far as red flags go. Uh, Miami, city of gold diggers, same with LA and BBLs, that whole thing. <laughs> um, what alarming red flags? You're like, oh man, I got money now. I'm on YouTube. These people see me. Are you like, yep, okay, cool, red flag, that, no, 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 all right, green flag, all right, cool, like, what have you, what are you seeing? Yeah, I think it's a couple of different things. Um, for me, I think the biggest thing is respect. You know, you could take somebody out and you can see how they are just by how they treat the waiters, how they treat the people at the door, how they treat people that you're interacting with, your friends, your family. If you can't show love to the people close to me, we're never going to work out because I'm always around my friends. Dude, what's crazy is girls say that about guys. I've never heard a guy say that about a girl. Yeah. Girls always say, if you don't treat the waiter nice, you're not going to... I've never seen a guy say that, so respect on that. Yeah, huh? because, you know, you want to be with somebody that's not an asshole. Like, you want to be with somebody that's cool and respectful and, like, she's a pleasure to be around. The other thing, too, is, like, if they get to talking about their past relationships and their exes and stuff like that, and it's all bad. Yeah. Oh, this guy, he, oh, this is the worst. Oh, this is so bad. It probably give you a little idea about them, too. Yeah, because, yeah, yeah a thousand percent. Yeah, exactly. So, for me, that's a huge red flag. Um, lately, now that my channel's been growing and stuff like that, I've been in a relationship now for a year, but prior to that, like, if people already had known me before or, like, we met through, like, Instagram or something like that, that's hard for me to be like, oh, I'm going to wife her up. I'm going to take mm -hmm. her seriously because it's like maybe there's another intention there. So that's something that I didn't have to worry about now because I'm in a relationship. Mm -hmm. But that's one of those things that was on my mind. Yeah. You're, you're 24. Yeah. Do you have an ideal age that you want to get married? I think not at this moment, but, you know, around age 30 to 35 would be good for me. The woman I'm with now, you know, I love her and I respect her very much. I'm not to the point now where I'm like ready to, you know, propose to her or anything yeah. like that. But I enjoy every moment that we spend together. And, you know, we keep enjoying that time as long as we can. Take your time, brother. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you have an ideal age? Um, 
I think I just want to do it before 30. I feel like I'm in a very comfortable position in my life right now that it's just kind of like, you know, I, I welcome the idea of a family. Like I'm a very family oriented person. I'm very nurturing. Like you should see how I treat my dog. Um, so for me, I, I don't necessarily put a timeline on things because life works in very mysterious ways and you don't want to rush and you don't want to set these expectations for yourselves that you, when you get to that point, you don't feel ready for and then you feel like a failure. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's whenever it feels right, um, I'd be down to, but obviously ideally I want to have kids. Uh, before I'm, I want my first kid before I'm 30. I feel like the body bounces back faster and stuff, so I can get right back on the ball and start doing my shit. Girls <laughs> hustling. <laughs> Nat, is there an age that you want to settle down and get married and have kids by? Um, around the same age, around like that 29, 28, I would like to have my first kid. Now, I'm not like stuck on a timeline, but if you're asking me, it would be around that time too. Be okay. Age, yeah. Um before we move on, do you want do you want to read any super chats right now or wait for a little bit? Um we can read some super chats actually. Let's get this chat going, guys. So I'm gonna read some that we have already. Thanks, Gus. We've got you here. Um we've got a dollar. Thanks for that. The world runs in generalities. And then we've got Gus again hitting it with the five dollars, right? We'll wait for the ten too. Uh he says the more money uh men makes, the less he cares about the status, money, career. Women want men with experience and men want inspiration inexperience from women and then we've got this another one by dl saint i really want to know your podcast a hundred dollars thanks dl saint we love you uh he said what's good brother salute to you natalia i react to your preach video and want to show tribute keep leading from the front brother and sister shout out to pbd Vinny, jedi and the value team and family Respect. Thank nice you. then this last one we'll wait for the few more uh it's 30 dollars from fahiz azimi he said jordan you made a review on a top level no uh, Jordan, you made a review on a top-level uh, networking group only after a month. Is it for clout? Stop the cap, Adam. Uh, would you ever do hit piece on your former company friends if you don't like it? Was that a question for me? What was that? Question for Jordan. Read it again. Yeah. He said, Jordan, you made a review on a top-level marketing group only after a month of Outside. using it. Yeah. Was it for clout? Um, would you ever do a hit piece on your former company friends that you don't like? Obviously, I wouldn't do a hit piece on my friends. <laughs> and the video that I made wasn't a hit piece. I shared my review of the program. Mm -hmm. So, you know, yeah, I wouldn't do a hit piece on my friends. It's crazy. Okay. People was like, oh, you're going to snake Sneeko now? He's like, come on now. Yes. Bye. All right. And then we have one last one. Then we'll, we'll let the rest of you guys come in. Uh, Terrell Xavier, thanks. $10. Please tell me how you review networking. What's the eight... K war room members don't exist. The whole purpose is to get in the room with influential people and give value. Um, Adam, you preach networking. Yeah. So when it comes to networking, it's funny because I didn't include this in the video, but I actually went to a meetup with the people from the war room. Mm. Oh, really? We went to a cigar lounge in Brickell oh. called Empire. And um, I was there and I pulled up. I was a little late, but there was like five other guys there, right? Um, all different shapes and sizes, different ages. And I was sitting or expecting to sit around a table of Big dogs, you know, yeah. you join the war and you're supposed to be around the highest caliber of men on the planet. Mm -hmm. I'm sitting around a table of people that are just getting started in the business world, people that have just made their first money or are still figuring out how to make their first money. Mm -hmm. As a matter of fact, two of the people at the table openly admitted to me that they spent their last dollars to join this war room mastermind. Wow. So it's like, yes, I love networking. I love meeting new people. But when it comes to sitting with those people, I was expecting to you know, network with right. the guys. That's how I met the guy that did the interview with, by the way. But did you think going into doing that, like like Andrew Tate had set that up for people like you or more for people who were like trying to get into business? The, the way it's marketed is that you're going to be meeting with the people that are at the top because it costs so much money to get inside of there. That's mm. the whole pitch. 
if you ever hear them pitch it yeah. that is the whole pitch, pitch of it. Okay. you know so um, but now that i've been through it i realized that the only people that would invest in something like that mm. are people that are looking to get to that level gotcha. not the people that are already at that level because they already have a network of friends they already mm -hmm. have people around them so you know it's more for beginners in the sense yeah um yeah no good take right there um yeah. all right let's talk about gen z in general okay so we've got about 45 minutes left uh and then we're gonna um wrap up here but here's some some uh some some gen z stats some facts some stories i want to get your guys input on so i'm i'm an openly uh the oldest millennial out there okay you guys are you're probably the the oldest gen z 25 19 i don't even really know the gen you don't even know <laughs> yeah basically 1996 is where the cutoff kind of ends i was in 98 you're 98 I'm okay so you're what? 2001. Oh. 2001. All right. Okay. So, and you're what year? 96. 96. 21. She's 21 still, somehow. <laughs> um, <laughs> but basically, you know, listen, uh, as a millennial or as the oldest millennial, every generation, when you're the youngest generation that's kind of coming up, every generation gets a bad rap, right? Every generation feels the heat from the older generation, right? Mm -hmm. So before Gen Z, everyone was talking shit about millennials. They're lazy, they're entitled, they ain't doing nothing. But now the oldest millennials are turning 40 or 41 now. So it's like, all right, they're not kids anymore, right? So even before that, Gen X, they were all slackers, Dazed and Confused days, those movies. Baby boomers, who are basically our parents and beyond, or grandparents for some of you guys out there, they were the hippies, Woodstock. That was that kind of generation. So everyone wants to kind of put labels on different generations. Now, you guys are kind of the ones getting shitted on these days by media, Gen Z, what have you. But the reality is you guys are the future of America today. You guys are the future of society. So what are the some just real quick, what are some of the stereotypes that you've seen thrown your way being, you know, young 20s? What have you seen? I mean, Gen Z men these days, the stereotype is that they have no ambition, they have no drive, or they want to do something, but they don't go out and get it. I feel like that is a reality, too. Mm -hmm. I feel like so many people see this quick success online. They might see my story and be like, oh, this guy, he made it. I could go ahead and do it, too. Right. But they don't actually put in the effort to do it. It's like people that are in this generation are now more looking for, like, microwave success. Like, mm. they think that because they see somebody make it in 30 days, they're going to go out and do the same thing. Mm -hmm. They don't necessarily have that same patience that it requires to actually build something great. And I didn't really have that like ingrained in me i just followed the process and i've then understood that it takes time to build things so you know i learned it through that way but that would be i see the main thing with men that i see in my age bracket they want to get rich quick and they want to yeah. have success quick the microwave generation i told you the story about my buddy marcelo hernandez yeah. who made it to snl when i met him he was 19 trying to do stand-up at clubs Paid his dues, worked here, value attainment, only in day, did it. What about Next thing you know, he's 25 years old. He's on SNL. Yeah. But you don't. You weren't there six, seven years ago when he was 18, 19, trying to do stand up in the club. But that's a kid who recognized very early. Yo, I'm in it for the long haul. I love this. However long it takes, I'm in it. I don't think a lot of young people fully appreciate how long it takes to really reach success people want immediate gratification right? yeah well like as a result i think people are much more depressed because of it because mm -hmm. they feel like they should have something quicker and they don't appreciate that it takes time to build something great and what you realize when you do start to see things come together in your life is that that journey that long haul to build something is the best part right. even when you make your first million first 10 million you are so appreciative of those days that you were sleeping on the bunk bed mm -hmm. just trying to get it out of the mud like those are the days
days that you respect the most. So like to people out there, you have to understand that it's a marathon. And I know that's cliche, but it's true. Yeah. Like Adam, you know, you've been in the game for a while and now you're doing interviews with the top guys. Like you started out a long time ago and now you're getting it going. Bro, let me tell you how true that is, Jordan, how much I appreciate that because not only do I do interviews, now people are starting to interview me, right? Yeah. So even when I'm fresh fit, they interviewed me. And imagine if my, so Adam, how'd you make your money? Yeah, bro, I just bought crypto. Now I'm a millionaire. What's up? Like, that's yeah. my story. But the reality was I was sleeping on friends' couches. I was a party boy in South Beach. I had no direction. I had to move out of Miami into Boca. I started cold calling for two years before I made money. I'm dealing with struggles. I'm, I'm dealing with drama. Can't keep a girl because I'm broke as shit. Sleeping on couches. Finally, I make money. Like The whole come up story is the whole premise of why you can appreciate having monies because I fucking came from nothing and look at me now. But if you don't have that story and if it's just a microwave story, it's like, yeah, yeah I wanted money and I got it. Look at me now. It's like that. Nobody wants to hear that story. Yeah. It's such a far fetched idea. And it's what makes a great life. You know, you watch these movies or these stories like the movie would be no fun if the guy just started and he got it and then credits roll. You know, 100% the pursuit best. of happiness. Will Smith. Yeah. Rocky. You know, like these stories are true testaments to what it takes to find success, love, happiness in life It is a journey that we're all four yeah. of us still on today so so, so to, back to my initial point that is um sort of it, the knock on gen z but it's also somewhat reality mm -hmm. yeah it's just i think to tie it all back together is that our current generation i think has a harder time understanding that than ever because they see so many success stories right in front of their faces all day long on youtube instagram and tiktok and as a result it makes them feel like i'm doing something wrong or i am not capable of doing this mm -hmm. when you are you just have to put one foot forward and keep going every day mm -hmm. from your perspective mia what, what kind of stereotypes do you see from uh regarding young women Elaborating more on what you said, um, I definitely do agree. As far as we are the generation that believes in instant success, kind of like a cup noodle, mm -hmm. you know? Um, but what people don't realize is it is 10 years of hard work to have that overnight success. Like for example, me, um, a lot of people, like when they, when I just tell my story and I just tell it very quick, I'm just like one day I just made a video and it mm -hmm. got 25 million views and my life was different. But if we really el elaborate on that and really analyze what I did, I've been making these videos since I was 12, getting comfortable in front of, you know, acting in front of a camera alone in my room, editing all of that stuff, honing, like perfecting the way that I deliver jokes. Um, comedic timing, all of that stuff. Uh, so at the end of the day, it, uh, we're used to instant gratification, especially with TikTok and, and YouTube. We get information so quickly, we don't have to work for it. Uh, we can just, we can become politicians with just tweeting something because mm -hmm. we, <laughs> we, we're, we're also the generation of social, social, social justice warriors, pardon me. Um, so, but I do think that there's a good and bad to that. Um, I do feel like my generation is a little bit more sensitive but it's also, wow, what a privilege that now we can voice these concerns that we have and ultimately make a movement. I think that the ball really is in Generation Z's court and how to focus on controlling your emotions, thinking more logically and using the tools that we have been given as far as communication mm -hmm. um, to really make an impact uh, that is going to benefit the generations after us. Yeah, everybody has a communication. voice now. Yeah, correct. And that could be a good or a bad thing, but mm -hmm. I think it could be net positive if people could listen to Mia, what she's saying here. Yeah. You guys ever had a beeper? <laughs> no. No. My first, <laughs> no, my first phone, though, it had like the, and the little keyboard okay. on it. Oh, yeah, I was lit. Listen, guys, I remember when beepers came on the scene. We're like, what? You got a beeper, dog? <laughs> oh, yeah. If someone wants to get in touch with me, they just... Beep they could me. send me a beep. Yeah. And the beep, and, and like you would have codes like 143 was I love you. 
Like uh-huh. 187 was like, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> but that was a thing. I remember like in 10th grade, yo, people are getting beepers. What? You sure you're a millennial? No, I'm sorry. Yeah, right? <laughs> Oldest millennial. Remember, we know what you're talking about for old people right out there. Right on the cusp. Yes. Um, correct. Technically, the Xennial is what they call it. Gen X and and millennials were the uh the cusp 1980 um, i would go back to that for a little while though like you know the iphone sometimes man i just i'm grateful for it and the opportunities that yeah. it has but man sometimes i just want to throw this thing away and just like take a break for a long yeah. time everything's you know? like, got like, positives present. and negatives yeah. everything I mean, just too many people have an opinion now yeah, yeah. yeah. it's like not backed well back in the <laughs> day <laughs> back in the day you didn't know what your friend from ninth grade's philosophy on politics were because there was no outlet for them there was no facebook there was no youtube there was no social media no instagram it's like yeah cool like see ya see on the block maybe i don't know (laughs) but now you know what like aunt brenda's philosophy is because she's tweeting and and instagramming all day not even just your aunt random people on the internet that you've never met before and that even skews your perspective if you let it yeah 100 percent. by the way um who was your comedy inspiration was there someone you're like i want to be like her uh, I, I wouldn't say her because I feel like there's a gap in the market right now for a comedian that a female comic that can really toe the line like these male comics and just I, I don't know I've been watching a lot of female comedians but, oh, I've yet to be thoroughly impressed like as I would be impressed by Bill Burr as I would be impressed by Dave Chappelle mm-hmm. um I think that there's a gap in the market, so that's why I'm, I'm waiting for my debut, because when I do it, I want it to be effing perfect. <laughs> what debut are you talking about? <laughs> when I do stand-up. Oh, so you've never done stand-up yet? I haven't done stand-up, but um, I would. I know that I'd kill it, because I've, what, I've, what, I've what been you, What are you waiting for? <laughs> what am yeah. I waiting for? Yeah. Um, I'm a perfectionist, Okay. so obviously I've been developing relationships with like side splitters in Tampa, yeah. um, and just like watching the, the comics out there and, and trying to find... Uh, what they lack in or, or what they're good at and apply it to myself because obviously wisdom comes from learning from others. Um, and yeah, I'm just a perfectionist. So when I do it, I know that there's going to be a good turnout because we have a really strong fan base so out you in Tampa. Want, you want your first stand-up comedy experience to be a good turnout? Well, I mean, I know it, it is. <laughs> I know no, it will be. So you be. want that? <laughs> I do want that because... Have you thought about the exact opposite? Going to a, a empty Tuesday night open mic. Well, that's how you testing practice. shit out. Exactly, yeah. that's my point. Yeah, I haven't I haven't practiced yet, but I do go to those things. And I'd then go to those I, I and to then those. do the turn. Of course, of course. Okay, I know I'm doing it the correct way, the way that everyone should do it. Um, but I know that when I'm, I'm going to start, obviously posting about it, and people are going to start showing up. Like right. the fan base that I have in Tampa is literally insane. I cannot go outside and walk my dog without running into a fan in the elevator and taking I selfies. It. Love that. It's a, it's a very big college town too, so that's literally my demographic concentrated it's women yeah. between the ages of 18 to 32 okay uh, but so the the, there's no female comedians you look at and be like all right she's doing i mean thing. i liked I, I liked what nikki glazier um was doing uh i haven't followed uh, up on some of her new newer stuff for me to be able to comment on that um i have seen you know some good female comics here and there a lot of them the ones that impress me the most are the ones that appear randomly on my feed and don't have the big of as big of a following I've been seeing as those too. yeah and yeah. Like, they kill it but they don't have that brand. They don't have that face yeah, that people exactly. really follow. Exactly. They, they haven't branded themselves yet to like be like you know a 
to be Got potentially it. a household name. So okay. personal branding is huge. Jordan, who were your big inspirations? Whether it was YouTubers or financial guys or business guys, who were the guys that you were uh, admiring? Well, look, I mean, I think it's changed over the years, but I've been inspired by all different types of people. It's crazy, actually, to be here in this valuetainment office because coming up, I spent a lot of time actually watching Patrick's videos. Oh, a lot so of time watching his videos. And it truly got me motivated to know that it's possible hearing his story and hearing all the stories of the people that have worked at this company or even just learned from him. So Patrick actually was a huge inspiration for me, and I'm not just saying that. i also been inspired by this one guy in my city. His name's Corey. Nobody knows who he is, but this was the first millionaire I ever met. Mm. So growing up, you know, my mom used to make like $20,000 a year. I never met anybody that was making over six figures a year. And if we did meet somebody, we thought they were rich. If they made over six figures, dog, we yeah. was like, damn, they're having it for real. So when I met this guy, I met him at a book signing with Damon John. And he was the only guy in the building wearing a suit. And I just was 16 years old. I came up, I shook his hand and introduced myself to him. And we ended up becoming really close friends. And he's actually a mentor to me. And he's actually the sole reason that I ended up getting into advertising. And that's the reason why I was able to build my first e-commerce business because I learned how to do advertising. Mm. So, you know, I've been inspired by many people over the years, but I would say Patrick Bet David and my boy Corey Chez, those are probably my two biggest people that got wow. me going. And at 16 you met him. Yeah. And you're 24 now. Yeah. Wow. See, good things take time. Wow. Yeah. Um, speaking of making money, let's talk a little bit of money right now. There's a video right here. We'll go to this. Uh, actually, uh, this no, get, we'll move past this. Go to the video, the next one. Uh, let's watch this video. This is you and your boy Sneeko. Mm. Yeah. Talking about money and YouTube revenue. YouTube AdSense. Exactly. Yeah. Nice. So let's watch this. Sure. Main channel CPM. Yeah. My RPM on main channel is $3. This channel. CPM $7. And look at my months. <laughs> on my main channel, million subscriber channel. And then Crazy. Jordan. Well, let's see Jordan's. You know, at the RPM, RPM is $30. Literally 10 times higher than my RPM. <laughs> 10 times higher. So for the same amount of views, he gets 10 times the bread. Yeah, but if you show him that second channel and the amount of views he got on that Okay, let's go to the second channel. <laughs> Wait, can I see your month? Can I see your month to month? Mine's like, you know, this is my main channel month to yeah, month. Yeah, We're doing around 50K a month consistently. Not a bad check. This, this is my so main crazy. channel CPM. So that's wild. So yeah. you're, this, is you're actually, this is actually my biggest month on YouTube, actually, this month. Oh, congratulations. Yeah. How much? Nice. Um, Let's check, yeah? I'll let's do it. Live, some live action. So, um, let's see, YouTube Studio. Mm -hmm. um, this month I got 71,000 new subs, and so far we did 59,000. It's gonna wow. cross 60,000, yeah, nice. for the month. So that's Congrats. insane, dude. So, um, without getting into too much of the CPM, you guys have a very similar follower base. Well, before his channel got dismantled, taken away. I would say it's quite different, actually, me and Sneeko. No, no, I'm not saying the, the base, oh, I'm the saying numbers. the amount of followers. Yeah. He's You're at north of 600, 650, I want to yeah, say. Yeah. He was, I don't know where he Over was. Over a mil. The, so he had way more than you. He had double. Double, almost. Yeah. But he wasn't making even a tenth of what you were making. Yeah. That's because of the content? That's because of, like, what goes into the CPM right there? It's because of the nature of the content. So my business, I mean, my videos are all about business and finance. Mm -hmm. And as a result, I get a different quality of advertisers. So I get people that are selling their courses. I get Shopify. I get Wix. These companies that are spending millions of dollars on ads every single month. Mm -hmm. And it's at a higher rate because they're going to convert and make more money. So business videos on YouTube, I mean, you guys are not foreign to this idea. Yeah. Business videos on YouTube make the most money bar none. I've sat in the room with some of the biggest YouTubers in the world, and I'm a nerd when it comes to YouTube, so I'm always asking people for their numbers and statistics, mm -hmm. and 
every single time I'll have the highest CPM out of everybody. It's just the way of the game and the content that I make. So, yeah. Have you ever sat down with Graham Stephan? Yeah. Okay. And Graham makes a stupid amount of money yeah, of from course. his YouTube channel. He, yeah, crazy money. What about Meet Kevin? I never met Kevin. Okay. Yeah. Well, maybe we can help you meet Kevin. I, mm-hmm. Yeah. But um, Kevin. so question for you. So obviously you're doing business content and financial content, money content. Yeah. We just saw the numbers ridiculous. You you have a company I want to say Viral Vault. You help entrepreneurs, uh, basically build e-commerce. I think you just sold another company. Yeah. Uh, Sleep. Was Sleep it? band. Sleep it was band. A, it was an e-commerce brand. E-commerce brand. Yeah. You know, so you're and you said I've seen your interview. You said I saw you especially the Bitcoin one. You interviewed Kevin O'Leary from Shark Tank. Michael, Michael Saylor, Saylor. Yeah. Who's nice. going to be on the podcast again next month? Nice. Yeah. I saw you interview um, like a, a London millionaire, like the youngest London Iman millionaire. Gazi. Okay. Yeah. Uh, only fan millionaire. Like you're 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 out there, bro. You're making yeah. money. You're networking some great people. Um, you said that you started when you were 16, or you started. You met your first film first millionaire when you were 16 if you kind of encapsulate you know the biggest lesson you've learned as far as like financial advice from everything you're doing what what would you say it is i think it's important to pick one path right i think a lot of times people see i'm making money from drop shipping she's making money from social media he's making money from amazon he's making money from OnlyFans, and people get into the game and they try to start everything all at once <laughs> right. and as a result you're running this race in 10 different directions I think it's important that people figure out first which type of entrepreneur they are. Maybe you're more of the creative type. Maybe you're more analytical. Maybe you're better with actually sales and communication on the phone. Figure that out and then pick a path that actually lines up with that and stick with it for a long time. Understand that in 30 days, you're not going to get that business to $100,000 or a million dollars. It's going to take you probably at least six months before you see any real kickback. Three months if you're really cold with it. And just stay on that path. I think during my years of starting from 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, I was trying all different type of stuff. And I would give up on it after about a year, six months to a year. So I might have been right there, mm-hmm. right at that breaking point for it to work. But because I switched to another path, it failed. Mm-hmm. As a result of that, I learned a bunch of different skills, which ultimately came back to help me. But the thing that got me to succeed for the first time was finding one path and sticking with it. And that was e-commerce. For, for, me. for our friends out there that are watching, you have no idea how important that lesson is because i say it all the time when you're young when you're young try everything yeah when i was in high school it made sense for me to try everything because i get to go home and mom has got a roof over my head and like mm-hmm. i'm 100 when you're 24 and you got bills to pay Correct. You, you gotta you gotta lock in James. like you gotta lock in i'll just give you my my two cents yeah. is that when i was in my early 20s dude i'm doing stand-up comedy i'm doing nightlife i was a school teacher i was doing this i was doing that i tried to be a sports agent i had no clue what i was doing it's all good because 23 years old it gives yeah. a shit right. but by 25 26 i'll never forget this moment a fucking idiot friend of mine i'm talking first class idiot did a real estate deal and made 75 grand i'm like <laughs> this guy because he was a real estate specialist and yeah. he's been doing it for five years and he you know aside from the fact he's being an idiot you're gonna land a deal okay so work okay network yeah. exactly your network is your net worth mm-hmm. so eventually i was like all right idiot and all i gotta pick a path and i that's why i got a job as a cold caller and still 16 years later i'm the vp of sales at a very big financial firm hedge fund but i stuck with it Mm -hmm. and it's very important um to have people oh what do you do 
Oh, that's the best dentist. Oh, who's that guy? Mm-hmm. Oh, he's a he's a business influencer. Oh, she she's a comedian. Who's that? It's the best editor. Yeah. You know, Drake has a line. I swear to God, I'm gonna, if I don't want to butcher this, he says, um, he goes, half the time I gotta ask these people what their profession is. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, uh, famous disconnect, d- famous disconnected from excellence. Half the, half the time I gotta ask the people what their profession is. Yeah. Meaning, like people are famous. You don't know what they're mm-hmm. famous for. You know, but. If you have a profession, you need to be famous for that. Yeah, I, mean, I know. That's very important. I know somebody's broke when I ask them, what do you do for a living? And they're like, oh, man, I got this, and I got yes. this, and I'm doing this, and I, I do all different types of stuff, man. Like Red flag. <laughs> red flag. There you go. Red flag. Ladies, ladies, <laughs> red flag, yeah, if, you, if you go on a yes. date with a man and yes. he gives you that pitch, be very careful. Absolutely. Bro, I mean, you live in Miami now, you get it. I've said this yeah. all the time. When I say, when I ask someone, oh, I'm a DJ, I also have a crypto fund, mm-hmm. I also do real estate, hey, by the way, if, like, you need a yacht, I got yeah. this, it's like launching an app it's like so what do you do <laughs> they yeah. call themselves broke in many different ways yeah, yeah. <laughs> pick a path yeah. uh same question to you you've had a lot of success it hasn't been a meteoric rise meaning it hasn't been overnight like you said you started doing videos when you were you know 12 years old in your living room yeah. and now you're 21 and, and millions and millions of followers uh but boiling it down to the best financial advice that you've you know, realized, what would you say that is for you? Well, um, I'm going to give uh, advice very specific to people that, you know, maybe come into some online fame. Uh, pretty early on, I was able to build a really strong team as far as like, because I'm a creative and I know my own limits and capacities. I'm a creative. I make content. I'm a content machine. That is what I do. I have a team that foca- focuses on like the contracts, on the negotiations, on defending me. Like ultimately when I get a deal presented to me, um, shout out to my agency, my people know, they've been with me literally since day one and I think I make a lot more money than most people with my following. Um, it's just having a good team and knowing that, you know, you have your strengths, kind of what you said that you need to like focus on on one thing and you need to be known for one thing if you're gonna be successful. I wanna be a comedian, but I was able to outsource and get people that were good and specialized in certain things, in certain strengths, to ultimately help me and create this monster of a brand that we have now, which is basically Go Find Rich Husband. Um, Go Find Rich Husband. <laughs> behind the Go Find Rich Husband, I have a full team in Canada who's actually flying into Tampa to spend some weeks with me and just having fun and working together. Um, they are the ones that are they got me a book deal that I'm working on and that's going to like basically double my income. They're the ones that are uh, negotiating and presenting me with these contracts, making sure that my butt's covered legally so I can go back and focus on the thing that I know how to do best, which is comedy and making your girlfriend giggle. So, um, that's it. Just basically know your strengths, uh, let your ego die a little bit when it comes to that. I know people want to be all hands on deck when it comes to their own personal brand, but just know that you do have limitations. And if you're a creative, you know, maybe stick to being a creative and mm-hmm. get a really good trustworthy team to back you and handle everything else. So you can focus on growing. That's such a good point. Like all the biggest creators that I've ever met that have gone on to build multi-million dollar empires, that is how they operate it. And eventually you will burn out if you're trying to manage everything. It's not effective. I feel like what she's saying is how you transcend from being good to being great. Great. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. absolutely. You have to outsource. Time is precious. (laughs) If you're if you're the best or the you know they say if you're the smartest in any room you're in, you need to go find another room kind of a thing. So it's important to to understand what you excel at. Um, and what you uh, clearly do not, and build a team that helps you with that. Like it, like Malik, right here, great editor. Mm-hmm. 
Eric, Andres, Deli, everyone over here. Like, if you ask me to turn that computer on, I, I can't help you, buddy. <laughs> I know. My man said, what is OBS? And he has a stream every single week. <laughs> Come on. No, but I'll, I'll add one last thing. 0% technically savvy. So what? that's why I was so like reliant and I appreciate my team for what mm -hmm. they do because that's not my skill set. Yeah. Turn a camera on. Let me go. Let me start talking to people. Right. Boom. I got you. Couldn't turn out a camera on myself. You're an exceptional interviewer, by the way. Oh, mm -hmm. thank you. Yeah, yeah I feel sure. like this team is like great. I was watching the content um, before coming on. Obviously, I wanted to. I was a little bit scared in the beginning because most of the people that want to interview me, like they genuinely believe that this is my character and their whole thing is to like they attack would, yes. me. I know. So I've just been that. like, I don't really feel like being attacked by someone who is yeah. not worth my time. Um, but I was watching everything and I was like, wow, this is a great interviewer. Like you ask the questions that people really want to know and mm -hmm. like you you maintain it like without bias but you also are not afraid to play, play devil's advocate and put your two cents in so i congratulate Thank you, you. That. i appreciate yeah. it. I, I, great. I, I appreciate that i think i view myself as um almost like an arbiter of conversation or arbiter of truth i'm just trying to establish like all right let's say you were that russian sugar baby driving mm -hmm. a mama i why do you do this yeah, tell me why i'm not here to judge you i've had porn stars on i've had yeah. housewives on i've had super far left <laughs> socialists on i've got right-wing maga guys i mean i don't i'm just trying to understand because i'm a very moderate person yeah. you know life is all about moderation i'm not too far this too far that and i'm and, and you know if you ever read the book how to win friends and influence people Classic. you have to have a genuine curiosity about people like i say this all the time yeah. but i don't have any hobbies i don't go rock climbing i don't have a car like, I don't collect cards. I don't collect stamps. Like, I like to make money, hang out with my boys, and hang out with hot chicks. Pretty much it. There you go. That's a life. So this is what I got. <laughs> so, <laughs> so thank you. <laughs> you know. Yeah. We hung out this last weekend at the festival. You <laughs> yeah. saw That's all I got. That's so all I got. <laughs> anyway, with that three being points. Said, and three points. Were you there? Okay. Good man. Yeah. All right. We had nice. a good time. Yeah. By the way, did any of your phones get stolen? No. 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 Everyone I know got their phone yeah. stolen. Your best friend. <laughs> she got her Half phone my friends got their phone stolen. Me. I don't know. Uh, all right. Let's get into our last topic right here, um, which has to do with finding happiness. Okay? Mm. So this is the, um, like, cue the violin um, story right here. So basically, um, let me just kind of set the table here, and then I want to play a video that Mia did. Um and it, it has to do with mental health, happiness, and everything. So here's the first story. Can we go to that business insider story, Malik? Yes. So here's here's the story. So basically, young people, for them, Gen Z and millennials, happiness over everything, basically, right? So young people are obsessed with a having a healthy work-life balance, okay? And according to this article from Business Insider, half of Gen Z and millennials would rather be unemployed than unhappy in a job, okay? Over 50% of Gen Z said they'd leave their job if it interfered with their personal lives, and the majority wouldn't accept, a, wouldn't accept a job at a company if it didn't align with their social views. So based on your guys' opinions, Mia, you go first, is happiness the most important thing? And should there be a balance of happiness, but also putting in the work and busting your ass? Well, um, I think that happiness could be found in purpose. And at least for some people, purpose can come in many different forms. For me, purpose was building a personal brand and eventually creating a, a legacy for myself. Um, you know, I want to be, I want to pick my kids up in a really nice car from school and everyone be like, oh, your mom's a funny one. That to me will be like, oh, yeah, yeah. like that. Then I did it. Then I did it. So ultimately, the things that that give me purpose and give me happiness is my work. Um, I don't let it consume me. And I think my work does 
allow me to have a perfect work-life balance as I'm now making comedic travel vlogs. Uh, so I get to do what I love to do the most, which is travel. I've been to 46 different countries mm -hmm. and then we can monetize on that, you know, get free experiences, meet the coolest people possible and just share my life on the internet, even if it's a in a faux story. Um, so for me, just purpose is found in me being just proud of what I do on a daily basis. I wake up in the morning and I'm making myself look good because I want to present myself the way that I want to be like I want people to look at me and be like that girl even if she doesn't have her life put together her makeup looks great mm -hmm. so it starts with small things I do things for myself every day that no one else is going to do I get up in the morning I do my responsibilities I get ready I sit down I film I edit and all of that stuff and I've noticed that just by focusing on work and I've just been able to feel more fulfilled and the money just keeps coming in so for me money kind of does buy happiness in the sense that like oh I'm sad but I can go to like Europe <laughs> and be a little bit happier <laughs> so um unfortunately gen z since it is a generation of instant gratification the reason why people are probably um gravitating away from jobs where they would see like their personal happiness get being compromised is because the money isn't talking but like i said it's 10 years work for overnight success so if you don't want to yeah. start at the bottom and scrape your way all the way to the top mm -hmm. maybe then when you're at the top then you'll have whatever you worked for and then you'll feel fulfilled or whatever but well, the, you know, the, the, the constant argument is, should you follow your passion or follow the money? Okay. And I told you my story about that. I was following my passions of being a stand-up comedian and being a nightlife guy. But by 25, I was broke as shit telling jokes for fucking drink tickets. So I was like, let me sell out, make some money. 10 years later, became a millionaire, opened up a comedy club, have a bar. And it's like, all right, now I'm having freaking fun mm -hmm. and I have money. So for a lot of people, this is sort of a conflated situation. It's like, well, I'm not happy. It's like, Buddy, you think I was happy making cold calls for two fucking years, getting hung up on every single day? But you have to kind of pay the price. Right. So, you know. Consideration I'm, sheets. There it is. <laughs> so it's like happiness like, and purpose. That's a major factor. Yeah. But a lot of people, what's your purpose? I don't know. I didn't figure out my purpose until I started making money. And then I realized what purpose was. So they're kind of conflating these two things. I get it. You know, but... I don't know. What are your thoughts on this? I mean, you're you're a guy who had to grind. Mm -hmm. You said you wanted to be a YouTuber since you were as long as you remember. Yeah. And a business guy, it, you weren't exactly happy when you were starting your YouTube, getting zero views on your first couple of videos. But well, how did you process all that? Well, look, I I actually think I kind of was because if you think about the way humans are wired, right? The thing that makes us happy is progress. If you look at our great ancestors, the thing that satisfied them was going out and providing for their family and being able to make the progress for that day. I think people have this crazy misconception that if they didn't have a job or if they were just at home on the couch all day chilling or retired, that they would be happy. Right. But I actually would argue that you'd be much unhappier doing that. And that's coming from somebody who's tried it. When I was 21, I made my first uh, couple hundred thousand dollars and I was like, cool. I'm just going to smoke weed all day and chill at home and like play video games. And this is what I wanted. This yeah. is the dream. Mm -hmm. Those were the saddest days yes. of my entire life. Wow. The thing that makes me happy and the thing that makes me fulfilled is pursuing my purpose, as Mia was talking about. And I think for everybody, it doesn't mean you have to be an entrepreneur or be a YouTuber or be a TikTok or whatever it is. You can work a job and have a very strong purpose as well. It's just finding something that calls to you or something that looks interesting to you and working towards that. I think that is where the ultimate happiness will come. 
come from. You will not find happiness from inaction. You will not find happiness from being lazy. So I can speak for myself on that. Maybe there's somebody out there where their ultimate dream is to play Call of Duty 18 hours a day and eat chips. Like, but for me, as somebody who's literally tried that lifestyle, yeah. it is miserable. Yeah. You know. So 100%. find something that you can progress in and see how you feel after going through that process because it could shock you. Yeah. So you use the word chillin'. I talk about the word chillin' all the time. Yeah. So kind of like you, when I started off, um, I, I, my technical unsavviness, I couldn't do a YouTube thumbnail to pay my, for my <laughs> life, but I basically was doing a lot of man-on-the-street videos. And I was interviewing financial advisors. Like That's how I started. I would go to my financial conferences. I would go. I would do all my business meetings. I would do everything. And then I would get a, a camera guy and be like, all right, now I'm going to interview everybody. What's the secret to success? Mm -hmm. What's the one thing that people, millennials and Gen Z should understand about money? What should they know? What should they know? And I remember this one time I, I interviewing like this billionaire, billionaire fund, Deutsche Bank, whatever, whatever. I'm like, all right, cool. Like After you make all the millions and make all the billions, like what's next? And they're just like, legacy leaving a legacy i'm like all right cool and then i started asking these guys like um like what what would you do when you retire like what are you gonna do mm -hmm. and they're like well i'm gonna do like nobody none of these wealthy people none of them just do nothing is mm -hmm. my point like how you sit sit around just smoking weed eating chips all day and i asked people what would you do chilling is what i call when you own your time so at 35, 36 years old, I became chilling. I'm like, I'm good. Bills are paid. I don't got nowhere to be. I'm good. What do I want to do with my free time? Yeah. And everyone wants to do the same couple things with their free time. They want to travel. Mm -hmm. They want to see the world. They want to pursue a passion, something they're passionate about, whether it's stand-up comedy or business or entrepreneurship or photography or dance, whatever it is. And people want to donate their time and give back to things they care about. And that's what this chilling is. But to your point... The people that just retire and do nothing, their life expectancy, if you look at the stats, is actually way lower than someone who, as you're older, has a second hobby, learns a new language, gives back, donates their time. They're, humans are not meant to do nothing. No, we're not. Your mm -hmm. life loses purpose at that point. Yeah. To add to your point... At my age, for what I have, I'm super chilling. And doing nothing doesn't make me feel good at all. Yes. The thing that makes me happy is I am creating a project that I'm super excited about. I finish the project, or even whilst I'm working on the project, and I put it out to the world. The thing that makes me happy is coming to shows like this, talking to people like you guys. Mm -hmm. The thing that makes me happy is actually living the life. So it's not it's not about just, oh, I'm going to retire and be unhappy. Yeah. Like mm -hmm. No, it's, it's really about finding stuff that fulfills you thousand percent all right last story here we'll wrap up and read our super chats mm -hmm. talking about mental health and pursuing happiness and putting happiness um here's a story right here 42 percent of gen z has been diagnosed with a mental health condition this is kind of nuts but before i do that i want to actually play a video that mia did and mm -hmm. have her weigh in on this beautiful mia right here let's play this video it's muted Try it again. That might be on production A. It's what? Might be on a production A. Everything's I used to hate myself. And now I consider myself to be one of the most confident people that I've ever met. You guys always ask me, but how? Like, tell us how. And I'm about to do that. Do you see this makeup? Do you see this hair? Do you see my nails? Do you see the way that I'm dressed? Do you see the way that I accessorize? I do this every single day, even if I have nowhere to go. Back when I was struggling with self-confidence, uh, depression, I was depressed, like actually, and um, I 
noticed that I would only kind of like myself a little bit more when I put in a little bit of effort to the way that I looked. And I'm not saying just do your makeup and you're gonna feel good. I'm saying, baby, the routine is gonna make you feel good. I wake up every morning at six, go for a walk. Then I do my comprehensive skincare routine. Then I do my shower routine. Then I do my makeup and I'm ready to go by 8.30 in the morning. But by 8.30 in the morning, I've already done three things for myself that no one else can do for me. I challenge you all to get ready every single day for a month create a morning routine and let me know how you feel at the end of the month it's powerful I so that's awesome advice especially so for a female true. okay yeah. for a female i mean guys we have got routines too whether it's meditation yoga skincare whatever working out doing your thing hey we need some more motivational mia that's some <laughs> good stuff we like right? it. Some more motivational character <laughs> so alert. let me that's get you guys thoughts stuff. on this so when you see this nationwide survey thousand people surveyed between 18 and 24 42% of Gen Z is diagnosed with a mental condition. Insane. The main conditions being anxiety, depression, ADHD. And one in four were diagnosed since COVID, meaning in the last two and a mm -hmm. half years. So Gen Z, on top of that, spends four hours a day on social media. And 85% of Gen Z are worried about their future. So how real of a problem is this, Mia? Well, I also believe that since we have access to so much information and um, Gen Z is still trying to figure themselves out at this point, a lot of these issues maybe were also prevalent in other generations, but there wasn't that like self-diagnose uh, culture that we have now. Right. Now I'm like, why can't I sit still? I type it in, WebMD comes up, it either tells me I'm dying or I have ADD. Yeah. Um, yes. So it's also like we have access to so much information that we're just trying to diagnose ourselves to almost make an excuse. I do have... As mental health issues myself as far as like I can't st sit still for extended periods of time I'm like shaking my leg and You're I'm like moving right my now, hand I'm trying it's I like took, five minutes left man yeah, don't freak out I know <laughs> I'm just like I'm like breathe it's, we, could, we, could, we could do this but it's almost like it's not a weakness at the end of the day. Like, yes, I would consider myself um, a person who has been depressed and didn't know how, what to do. Uh, but at the end of the day, like, I did find my purpose and that really helped me move forward. So it's almost, it's very interesting that this percentage aligns with the percentage of people that are just like, I don't want to pick a job if it's mm -hmm. going to compromise my happiness because it's also people aren't pursuing things that could give them purpose. Right. And then there's also a direct correlation to mental health problems. So it's almost, we're, we talk talk a lot this generation is a generation that's not afraid to share their opinion but i think we need to be more doers mm -hmm. than just thinkers or whatever complainers so, mm -hmm. exactly doers over complainers doers over complainers if well, you don't like something change it instead of sending a tweet yeah well i'm definitely <laughs> sitting with some doers and not complainers yeah. you know how they say that comparison is the thief of joy mm -hmm. yeah you ever heard about that i think a lot of the problem with social media is that especially with Instagram, people you see with these lives and you're like, man, why isn't that me? But the reality is it ain't all about that on social media. Like filters, fake stuff, fake news. It's not exactly all that it's cracked up to be. Yeah. Um, anyway, with that being said, we're reaching the end of the show right here. We've got a heart out because, you know, we've got another show yes. right after this. But this is the part of the show that we call the happy, happy ending. ending. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you said that so... Uh, Seductively, Natalia. Happy ending. Um, there you go. <laughs> let's let's do your so best Russian. No, that wasn't even an accent. What was that? I don't know. It's just like when accent. I do my voiceovers for my travel vlogs, I'm yeah. like, how do I make myself sound as sexy as possible? So I'm like, happy ending. <laughs> I think half our audience just went to the bathroom for hey, a second. Hey, Adam, before we get to the happy ending, yeah. I want to add on to this real quick. Sure, go ahead. Mm. 
I feel like the main reason why the majority of Gen Z people are depressed is because of how accessible it is to get dopamine these days in an easy oh, yeah. amount. You can go on TikTok for 30 minutes and your brain is going to be firing off at a million miles a minute. You can go on YouTube and you can watch a 20-minute video. It's going to achieve the same thing. You can play video games. You can eat shitty food. Mm-hmm. I think what most people should work on doing if they want to feel happier is finding real sources of dopamine, whether that's going outside for a walk, mm-hmm. whether that's having quality conversations with their friends, whether that's working out in the gym. Those things will do one on your mental health and you will see a transformation in yourself like none other yeah. so take a deep dive and see where you're getting your dopamine from because I'm telling you that that is typically the source of why you feel depressed all the time I gotta tell you that information was dope yeah speaking of dopamine I appreciate that I'm glad oh, you okay. waited I see, on I see, I see the pun yeah. <laughs> see what I did with that yeah, yeah, yeah. Ty before we go to the happy yes. is there anything you want to read quick shout outs uh, quick shout outs quick shout outs we've got a super chat um, uh, DL uh, Saint I really want another podcast $20 thank you again I'm, uh, I'm a stand up OG ask Vinny uh, you must fail and stand up there's no other way around it check out Candace Thompson LA comic she's a beast she's done Rogan thank you for the thanks for the suggestion yes I'll look uh, into it and then we have um, another one, also from him. Uh, this one, I guess, is for you. Uh, it says, uh, it was a hit piece, bro. Uh, stand on it. It was designed to a hit job, and it does better. Uh, sounds like a hit, and it lands. So. Hey, well, look, if you feel it was a hit piece, that's okay. I'm going to live my life regardless. <laughs> there you go. Thanks for that, Dale. <laughs> Save $50. Last one, we Thanks for the donation, yeah. G. Yep. And then we have a last one, um, which is this one. It's a, a Get Saint and Center on the Sauce Cans. Get who? Get Saint and Sinner on the sauce cast. All right, sign them up. Yes. Write that down. They'll get on. Um, all right, let, now it is time for the happy ending. We got to wrap up right now. So yes. listen, this is where we give you guys the opportunity. Um, real quick, happy ending. What do you want to be known for? What do you want the people to know about you? What do you want to plug? You've got a bunch of people watching. you got cameras on you. Go ahead, Mia. Look into that camera right there. you got this. What do you want the people to know? Um, uh, what I want to be known for. I want to be a great comic. Uh, I want to be a great businesswoman. I want to be a great future mother, partner, everything. Um, ultimately, I just want people to know that on my t- with the time that I had on this earth, I gave it 100% my all. And this was genuinely the best that I could do. And I s- jumped at every opportunity that I could and that I'm living life to the fullest. Amazing. Yes. Jordan Welsh, go ahead, bro. Yeah, I would just say you guys can look at my story and realize that it is possible. You know, I started with nothing, growing up with a single mother, and I've been able to build and sell a company, running a six-figure-a-month business now, and I'm about to hit a million subscribers on YouTube. I don't say that to brag. I say that to show you that it's possible. So maybe if one person watching this video could be inspired to start their journey or mm-hmm. take it more seriously, I feel like I've done my part. That's my mission above all else. Love that, bro. Love that. Um, thank you guys for being here. Here's yes. my, here's yes, my two you. cents. Never will I talk shit about Gen Z. Yeah. I'm so impressed <laughs> by you guys, and even whether it's Kai and some of the younger yeah. folks out there, even you, Malik. I don't know if you're Gen Z, but you're a young man. <laughs> but it's so easy to paint large swaths of groups or types of people as, oh, they're this or they're that. Everyone's an individual. Everyone has to look in the mirror and say, I did this, or I have to own up to this, or I fucked up. It's so hard to take individual responsibility. But here we have two very amazing case examples of people who said, I want this, I'm going for it, I'm doing it. And you know what? Just like they said, you can do it too. With that being said, thank you guys for being on the Sauscast. This has been awesome. Appreciate it. Thank you guys for tuning into Valuetainment. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. We'll see you guys next time. Save that money. We out. Go find it.